0: Guy Patterson didn't have the perfect job ah. or the perfect social life. What's
1: going on down there?
0: I'm cooking the books as usual, Dad. But what he did have was perfect timing. And in one, one two, night,
2: that's too fast, Guy. Slow down! Come on, come on,
0: slow down! He's going to take the wonders from garage you. to greatness. Mr. White is with Playtone Records. That thing you do, you know, is snappy.
1: We'd like to release it. Well, mama, your son who loves you
0: just left us in the lurch. Darlene, you just got promoted. You mean you're gonna start paying me? I didn't say that. America's own wonders! 20th Century Fox presents... Come on! It's very baby. important you don't stink today. Hey, I make no guarantees. Shades.
3: Put your glasses on, Shades. Give <laughs> them what they
2: want. Come on, Faye. The Faye is special, isn't she?
0: Jimmy. What if they want an encore? You unplug
2: and you run, run off stage.
0: Smiling, smiling. Lenny. I'm single.
3: What about the bass player?
0: And the bass player.
1: You guys look great in red. Have I told you that yet? In a story about the time in every life. You've got the number seven record in the country. Oh, you fellas look great in gold. Have I told you that?
2: When the hopes you hold on to. None of this would have happened if you hadn't joined the band. And the dreams
0: you dream.
1: You get your patootie done to the television studio. You're going to be on TV tonight.
0: The wonders Become that thing you do. How did we get here? That thing you do. Written
3: and directed by Tom Hanks. I look fabulous in the black suits. Have I told you that? high? Fabulous in the black suit.
1: Welcome to another episode of Quantum Recast. I'm your host, Corey, and with me as always is Tanner and Nick, and behind the producing helm, Jesse. You guys can say hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. First of all, a little house cleaning. Um, if you don't already follow us on the social media machines, please do. That's where we like to interact with you guys, that's where we like to hold hands with you guys, that's where we like to invite you into Quantum Recast to ask you questions about movies you like and. And we, and we run polls, and then sometimes that gives us an idea to do a movie in the future. And then sometimes we just laugh at your choices behind your back, very maliciously. Um, but we'll send you a thumbs up anyways. Um, so yeah, just mm-hmm. check us out. We're
0: Only sometimes.
1: We're everywhere, right? Like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We have a website. I think we're even on social medias no one knows about. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got all those things. Yeah, like secret yeah, social yeah, medias. The, new,
0: the, the, the special social medias. Yeah. The dark nets, the
1: yeah, the Illuminati social medias. All right, and Conway or Kanye, we're, we're never we we're, sell
0: stocks on the dark web.
1: We're not going to do the movies you keep sending us, so stop. Yeah, just follow us on the social media. If this is your first time listening to Quantum Recast, well, let me fill you in on what we do here. What we do is we take a film and we take it out of its original release year and then we move it through time, forwards, backwards, whatever, sometimes really far, sometimes not all that far. And we drop it in a new release year. And then we give it a new cast based or with actors that are relevant and active in that new release year. Um, So this year we are taking 1996's That Thing You Do to the year 1986. Taking it 10 years into the past, boys. But before we do that, before we talk about That Thing You Do in 1986, guys, tell me what you've been watching this week. Go ahead, Nick.
0: Uh, well, I I did watch A Quiet Place, part two, but I want to talk about this other movie that Russell made me watch on Sunday. <laughs> have you ever watched the movie Rock and Rule? Rock and Rule? Rock and Rule? Rock and Rule. Have you ever um, heard of this movie? It's no. not ringing any bells. Corey, have you heard of this movie? No. So this is like 1980, 1983. It's an animated movie that uses uh, the technique where they just trace over the live actors, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's, Pocahontas that's, style. Uh, yeah. Disney uses it a lot for a lot of different things. Uh, but so just imagine that. But they stuck like character models like, similar to like a goofy movie characters onto these human bodies. And it's set in like a distant future. Where rock and roll is like apparently some kind of like powerful thing. The the synopsis is: a malevolent rock star kidnaps a singer to force her to participate in the summoning of a demon, and her band must help her stop him. Huh. Featuring music from Iggy Pop, and voice work from from Susan Roman, the girl from Blondie, and Debbie all Harry kinds Debbie... Of stuff. Yeah, Debbie yeah, Harry. Debbie Thank Harry. You. Okay, it's it's wild. It's it's an experience. Just just, you know, it's only like 90 minutes. So just 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 pull up on YouTube. It's free on there. Ch- just just check it out. I I can't really describe it properly to you. I just just know it's wild 80s madness. Yeah, I okay. at
2: photos of it. It looks you're right. There's there is a goofy movie. Like stank on this yes. a little bit, and that's really
3: interesting looking. They also the bad yeah, guy
0: that... looks like like a cross between David Bowie and uh crap, the guy from uh Rolling Stones, my whose name escapes Keith me Richards. right now. Yeah, like not Keith Nick Richards. Jagger? the lead Nick, Nick, Nick Mick Jagger. Jagger? Yeah. Mick Jagger. Okay. All right. Mick, Mick Jagger and and him did dance in the street so hard that they fused into one being. So. Nice.
1: Okay. All right. All right, Tanner. What about you? Uh I watched the
2: newly released and updated uh In the Heights on hbo max um originally a broadway show in i mean the uh, 2008 i think is when it was originally like released album wise um so lin-manuel miranda another lin-manuel um joint um pretty good music's a little um updated from the original i feel like it's very still like it it's still very lin-manuel um, and it feels really great. It was a lot of fun. Um he's getting some flack for it which sucks, but um I thought it was really good. I thought it was really fun and I am excited to see there's a lot more musicals coming out this year, which I'm super excited about. Um so that was great. It was a lot of fun. Why is he getting flack? Yeah. Um it's so from what I've been reading, he's getting flack um because he didn't have enough darker skinned Afro-Latina, Afro-Latino characters as lead roles. Um, and so he's getting flack for that. And so I get it. It's like an understandable like uh, remark. It's also, um, you know, like, well, he's already doing a lot. Like, he's really working and trying to progress, like, with each movie. But it's understandable. And he, he has come out to be like, yeah, I totally get it. I'm doing what I can and like I'm progressing and like um, evolving every time I do work. And like hopefully on the next one, I can do more of that.
3: Um, so that's his flack right now, which is fair reasonable. Okay. All right. All right. Jesse,
1: did you watch anything good?
4: Uh, I did watch something good and it wasn't an anime. Wow. Be proud what? of me. I am what? very proud of you. Um, it was a Nicolas Cage movie too. Oh so, Vampires uh, Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Was it Pig? No. N- I don't know any of what you're saying. Um, it was Color Out of Space.
0: Oh yes.
1: Have
4: y'all seen that? No. What the fuck is that? It no. is a 2019 horror sci fi film. It is a fucking wild ride.
2: It, just why did you decide to just pick up late Nick Cage? Like you've been watching a lot of late Nick Cage films, and I don't know why that's
4: the era of Nick Cage you've decided to die because
0: to. it's great, Tanner. Yeah, it's it's awesome. amazing.
4: Um, Color Out of Space. It's like this weird sci-fi horror, a lot of like body horror stuff. It's it's like the makeup and the Camera work are really, really, really awesome. Nick Cage actually talks in this movie, unlike the last two that I had seen him in. So, (laughs) so they paid some money to Nick Cage, obviously. Good, good, good. Um, it was a fucking awesome film. I was very, very excited to watch it. Um,
1: yeah, it's like based off like an H.P. Lovecraft. I think so. Yeah, I would imagine it's It's based off of a
4: Lovecraft short story.
1: Okay, cool. All right. Um so Hmm. I I watched um Blade Runner finally. Like the original Yeah the original Blade Runner (laughs) and you guys already know my feelings. Um it I immediately rage texted all of you like wondering why this is highly revered in Geekdom as like a sci-fi staple. That movie is borderline unwatchable. Like in my opinion. I have no idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't I don't get it. Harrison Ford's character is super hateable, you don't like him, it's like they said, be Han solo, but worse. Like, pretty much force a robot to have sex with you <laughs> in a scene. And at that point, it's like, I don't yeah. like you anymore. I'm not rooting for you anymore. And I'm kind of rooting for the bad yeah. the bad guy robots that just want to be left alone. Like, the whole plot mm-hmm. is these androids find out that they're gonna die in four years, and they're like, I'd like not to. And it's like, let's let's let them. <laughs> you know? But hey, yeah. whatever. It's Rutger Hauer being awesome. And I think that the one line he improvs is essentially the only good part of the entire movie. So there you go. Blade Runner. I don't <laughs> watch it if you want, but I, I I didn't get it. So.
0: So needless to say, Corey won't be picking it for a future Quantum Recast episode.
1: I won't. And I'll, I'll I think you should. be mad if one of you do, because I don't unless it's like the next one. But if I'll do it like a year from now or I have to rewatch it, I will I will be absolutely yeah. livid. So don't. it's
2: taken me the first time to finally get like to fully watch that film. I think I had to watch it. I think what I like what I texted you guys was like three or four times because I felt I fell asleep every time. And because it's just so slow, nothing's happening. It's be- it's very beautiful, like the set design and like all of that is great. But like, it's so slow. I would fall asleep every time, and it took me so many times starting that movie to actually finish it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I my wife kept asking like, "So what's this about?" I'm like, "I'm not sure. I'm waiting for the movie to start." And it's like an hour and a half in. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, so so we all watch something. We're all feeling good. So mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. need to talk about the 1996. A uh, fake biopic of a band called The Wonders. That Thing You Do. That Thing You Do was released in 1996 and was written and directed by Tom Hanks. So I think his it's first his first
0: movie. Yeah. Nick, you got some useless critic mm. stats for us. Some useless critic stats. It was released on October 4th, 1996. The film grossed 25.9 million domestically, 8 million internationally, worldwide gross of 34.6 million. Debuted at number three behind First Wives Club and The Glimmer Man. I've never heard of either of those movies. But the critics, IMDb, it has a 6.9 audience score. Metacritic gave it 71. Rot Tomatoes gave it a 93. And the audience wow. score is, strangely, a 78. 93? A 93 yes. from Rotten Tomatoes.
1: That Sook is it, disgusting. Tater.
2: We should never put Rotten Tomatoes on anything anymore.
1: Hey, for the record, I've never heard of Glimmer Man, but First Wives Club is delightful. Everyone should watch it. It will probably show up on this podcast at some point. So, um, yeah. The First Wives Club? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's 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 great. It's a fun watch. Tanner will probably hate it because he hates delightful films, but whatever. So
0: got it, got it. So to round things out, uh, from our from our dear friend Roger Ebert, he gives that thing you do a whopping three stars out of five. Is it five or four? It's four. It's four. I don't so even know he does three is it four. Three super respectable. Okay, so it's better respectable. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the
1: Nick Growall uh, standard yeah. of rating a movie, he gave it a 75 percent
0: so he 75%. liked seventy five percent:
1: yeah, because last, last episode you were ranking movies by percentages. You liked sixty percent of Cruella
0: yes, yes so. yeah I, I think I think
2: that's right but i I mean i look, I can't not give this to Nick. A percentage is not an uncommon way to rank things,
1: Corey. <laughs> but a movie?
2: <laughs> I mean, Rotten Tomatoes gives this one a what? What did you say? Ninety three? No, but that that's taking out of one. That's
1: taking out of a a large pool of them. For Nick by himself to say, I give this movie a
0: sixty percent odd. To say I like sixty percent of the movie was strange. I said I like. I, I said I liked. S- I liked sixty percent of the movie and didn't like forty percent of it. I was saying that that forty percent was just dumb stuff. know like all, I'm the, saying the other parts I enjoyed.
1: I was just comparing right, so get, that. So you
2: would have given it a sixty percent. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't
1: know. And I'm just saying three <laughs> out of four stars is a seventy-five percent. I was just, I was just bringing it over to the Nick Growall spectrum. That's yeah. all. So does 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 uh does does Ebert say anything fun
0: about the movie, or is it just all compliments and? Awesomeness. It's just kind of general. Oh, this was nice. Oh, this was fun. Little throwback movie. Blah 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 blah. So underwhelming I of
2: a uh, review, much like the movie. Boo. Tanner, Tanner wants
1: to fight early. <laughs> I know he's trying. <laughs> he's trying. In. He's trying. He's trying to bait me into a fight. And I'm not having it. So um, anyway, we're gonna get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so I chose this film. This is my pick. This is this is. I I chose this film I made you guys watch it Tanner's a little upset about it and the reason I chose this film is I just really enjoy it I just enjoy its simplicity it's literally just this weird slice of like Americana pop culture of like here's the story of what happened to a hundred bands in 1964 that tried to capitalize on the whole Beatles thing you know and it's I think it's clever that uh Tom Hanks created a fake band instead of like picking, you know, one of the bands he could have done and, and just and just copy and pasting a biopic. Instead, he just kind of mm-hmm. took a lot of Beatles mythology, dropped it on a band and kind of said, this is what would happen if the Beatles didn't make it or if they only had the one song, you know. So and it's Tom Hanks. Who doesn't like Tom Hanks? He wrote yeah. and directed a movie while he was bored. That's great. Like, that's fun. So.
2: but That's great. I love that for him.
1: And I think uh and I, I enjoy um listen. This is this is where I can do it. The Wonders is easily top three fake band of all time. All time? Yeah. Yeah. This isn't listen, so give me I got your top three. No, no, I got a top ten of fake bands. Like bands that are real. In in movies? Yeah, in well movies. movies and TV. Movies and TV. So number ten. Okay, so Number 10 is Ellen Aim and the Attackers. Ellen Aim and the Attackers is Streets of Fire. That's number 10. Oh, okay. Nice. Nice. We got number nine, Marvin Berry and the Starlighters from of course, of course. Back to the Future. Then we have Sex Babomb from uh, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim.
0: Yeah. Yes, Sexual yes. Chocolate
1: from Coming to America. Yeah. Lovely. Jesse and the Rippers from Full House.
0: Of course. Right. Obviously.
1: Stillwater, almost famous. Right, spinal right. Tap from Spinal Tap, oh. then The Wonders comes in at number three for me. For okay. that thing you do, routing out the top two is Steel Dragon from Rockstar and uh, mm-hmm. The Beats from Doug.
0: No <laughs> is love, number one. No love for for uh, for Death Clock. No,
3: <laughs> no, I don't enjoy <laughs> it.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, zero. How dare you! I mean, I'm not going to say they're not top 20, but they're not top 10 for me.
3: So,
2: but uh, I couldn't have given you a top five.
1: That's more of a, I think if Jesse was making a top 10. Got it. Got it. You know, top 10, like I just rewatched Streets of Fire. So I put in Ellen and the attackers, and it just edged out the Nightmare Riverbottom ban from uh, Emma Daughter's Jugman Christmas. (laughs) What in the Just edged them out of the top 10. What what are the words that
2: just came out of your mouth? You started speaking Latin just now.
0: What? No, you need to watch more fake band movies. <laughs> Tanner hates Christmas. Yeah, there's also that.
2: I love Kiss. Saves I mean, yeah, Christmas. I don't
1: think you're gonna watch Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. That sounds. But
2: I still not, don't know the real. words that you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying Emmett Otter's yes. Jug Band okay. Christmas?
0: Correct.
1: Was this a Chuck E. Cheese? It's yeah, a Jim it's Henson
0: classic. movie for TV.
1: Yeah, but you got to understand Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is in like a battle of the bands with the the like Nightmare River Bottom band, and they're way cooler. They're like an Alice Cooper band. I oh love my god! It. So they would have been top ten if I hadn't just rewatched Street for the Fire and just okay with it. Jesse, have you ever seen that thing you do? I think we all know the answer to this one. I
4: don't really know if I even have to. Um, I have not.
0: <laughs> I have not. Good. <laughs> you should. You should have seen it coming.
1: It's like nice being the producer because there's not actually, there's not like a like you don't have to watch the movie. That we we're doing. We don't next slap you if you, you haven't watched it. <laughs> I like that Jesse just I I said this movie and said yeah I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> yeah,
4: I looked up a I looked up a trailer and I was like no. <laughs> this is not my uh this is not my thing.
1: Yeah.
2: You were probably fine enough with the trailer. I think you got the gist of it. Shut up, Tanner! All right, so <laughs> let, that
1: brings me to I have questions, or we have questions about that thing you do, and and Tanner, I know this first question's from you, and I'm not going to read it. So no,
2: that's bullshit. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So uh, do we know it's from Tanner? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. You, yeah. Oh, it's absolutely oh, okay. from Tanner. You don't. Know. You don't know. He uses the word unremarkable in the question. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Just that's a fair. Setup Let's from
0: move from on. Nick. Yeah.
2: That's a setup from Nick. Nick. Nick put that to
1: fan. Fan the flames. Okay, well, okay, fine. We'll just get that one out of the way. Tanner's question. Is Barnet. this movie fun, yet unremarkable and forgettable as a
0: metaphor to how one-hit wonder bands are all the same? That's not a question about the movie, Tanner. That's a question about the movie as a whole.
1: No, that was a way for him to bash the movie in question four. No, form. I am legit. getting his shots I have question segments
0: getting his shots in already, why, why is
2: that not? Why is that not a real question? It is it is wholly unremarkable. You have get- yet fun, yet also <laughs> meh, just like one hit wonders. I what I'm asking is, did he purposefully make it that way as a resemblance to these bands? That is a legit question.
1: Uh, Tom Hanks doesn't do anything unremarkable. True. Uh, well,
2: he did this movie, and that defeats <laughs> anything you just said.
0: You know what's unremarkable, Tanner? What's that? You know, I never your attitude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is this movie, like I texted you guys, I going into watching the film, I I said to myself, "Oh, I have never seen this movie. I don't know what this movie is." 10 minutes in, I thought, "Oh, actually no, I have seen this movie. I do know this movie." But I don't remember anything that's happened. And then by the end of it, I was like, "Oh, now I remember why I forgot it." that I forgot I ever watched it because it is forgettable. It is just, it is fun and it is entertaining, but there is nothing there for me to hang my hat on.
1: So what about Highlander <laughs> do you hang your hat on? <laughs> well, for the
2: fact that there's interesting characters in it, for one thing. That there's actually any development between characters. <laughs> yes,
3: is there development of characters in
1: Highlander more so than this film? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's your first question. Um, and and hey, that's just again, it's an opinion. Tanner doesn't have to like the movie. That's fine. He's wrong, but um, so. I think for me, it's just I, this is just a movie that was just I, it, it was around my social circle in high school. And it's just one of the most quotable movies within my like my, that, that social circle I used to have where we just can memorize this entire film. Mm. Um, and maybe it's just because I was in a, in bands and stuff. And maybe this is a movie that was just fun for if yeah, you do have more
0: meaning for you since you've been in a band. But I also enjoy it. And I've never been in a band, sadly, but, you know, mm-hmm. regrettably. You play Rock Band a lot. A lot of Rock Band, yes.
1: Because I was never
0: in a band, Corey. Yeah. Never got my shot.
1: For no one that's ever seen Nick play Rock Band, he will turn that living room into Madison Square Garden. It's not just it's it's a performance. You just sit back and let it happen every time. Yeah. This is a good question. Would you skip your band TV's like your band's TV debut for a day at Disneyland? No. No, Nick, you are a liar. If it was Disney World or your band performing lip syncing on TV, look, come look, on, Corey. This
0: is this is if if Nick. I was in a band, if I was actually in a band, and I had a one hit wonder that I needed to get to grow Promoted. from that. This is this is why they collapsed, okay? Because they did take it seriously, they did do their job. They were too focused on the <laughs> Disney, on the women, on everything else except the music, and that's what killed them, Corey.
1: It's because it's because the bass player going was to going
0: Vegas, to Vegas. Or yeah, he was going into the military, so he was got pressured into going to Disneyland with all the other military guys.
1: So that's his excuse, though. You could go Is to he,
0: Disneyland or Disney World at any time in your life, Corey. You only get to be on the Ed Sullivan show once.
1: I'm just saying, if you sign up with the Marines, I don't think you're allowed to call them in like do taxi backsies. Like I just like. Hold on, my band took it. It wasn't like he
0: was leaving at the time. He just ran into those dudes and they were like, Hey, come hang out with us. And then he was pressured to go hang out with them instead of his real bandmates. So
1: He just he just wanted to make friends before boot camp, you know? You never you never been dropped off at camp and like been I mean, afraid yeah, of making but, friends? You know,
0: he chose that fate, so Yeah, that's his fault. <laughs> he made a terrible mistake.
1: Uh okay. Why does Jimmy go back to Playtone Records? I I am guessing like this is like in reference to the end. He starts a new band and he signs with Playtone, right? Is this the question? Yeah, because he,
2: after the end, he goes back because the whole movie is, to me, a setup to say, oh, everything here was just so Jimmy could get the herdsman. (laughs) Like, the whole movie is just a setup for Jimmy to get his gold record, and then we don't even see that. And I'm like, okay, first off, he's, Awful. He is such an asshole right. the last like quarter of the film. Yeah. And breaks contract, does all this like shitty stuff. And like A, he goes back to Playtone, a company that he does not enjoy. And then Playtone takes him back after he destroys this band. Like, why in the world would either of those work?
1: My question is so the herdsman. Is spelled H E R D S M A N. Do you think he had an A in there like for herd, like listen originally? Oh, he
0: definitely had an A. He says that. Yeah. He says that in the combo at the beginning. Yeah. He says, he says, oh, how about the, I, I'm really stuck on the herdsman, you know, like herd, like it's spelled like, like you hear, you know? And so he was definitely trying. The guy who made up the O And then he,
1: he signed with Playtone and Tom Hanks said, no, it's just herdsman, like a herd of buffalo. Like, <laughs> drop the A. <laughs> He's like, stop trying to
2: be smart. Yeah.
0: I think that Playtone is just the place that one-hit wonders go to.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, he had three gold records, is what it says at the end. The herdsman. Are not a one hit wonder.
1: Well, let's just talk legalities here. Let's just say he quits, and then he di- he gets the herdsman together, and he's looking for like a label. Well, The label says we technically already own you, like because you you violated your contract. Mm. So it's probably that. It's probably just like, listen, you sign yeah. with us, and there's no legal mm. issue here. But if you don't, we will we will destroy you in a court of law. You will never play another state sure. fair. So, <laughs> okay, I can see that one. So, my only questions were, um, really is, so I went through, like, I looked it up, like the possible band names that Jimmy comes up with, like you, like we already said, Mens- like mentions the herdsmen in the court of vets, you know, like mm-hmm. one of the, one of the, like, uh, names he has written down, no lie, is called the Piss Tunes. I love that. Like, Pistons? <laughs> <laughs> like, Pistons, I think, is what it was meant to be. But he put tune, you know, like a song, and it's the piss tunes. Is this movie That's different a... if they went with the
0: piss tunes?
1: <laughs> well, it's a punk band at that point, right? That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they they invent punk in the 60s.
0: So, yeah, it definitely changes the the tone of the movie if they're the Pistons. No, piss yeah, tunes, the Pistons. You, ha- you, you have to pistons. put the, the U. U
1: in there. It, yeah. Piss tunes. And so, yeah, they, they invent punk in the 60s if they're the piss tunes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I would I would watch that movie. If they if movie they became the incredible. piss tunes and yeah. like started like like spitting and pissing on the audience.
0: I'd watch it. I'd watch it so them. fast. They kickstart the New York City punk scene early.
1: I love it. Oh, man. Okay. Um, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test, so um, it fails hard there, because essentially the yeah. only female character is uh, a Fay played by Liv Tyler. There's a Tina, but, you know, and that's it. That's all of them. She's just there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, so how, how, okay, so moving this to 1986, how does this change yeah. the movie?
0: Um, well, it's since it's more of a period piece, I think not a lot changes in terms of like maybe what, what the, the content of the movie, I think it still works in the sense that it, it fits the kind of charm of an eighties movie. You know, Mm -hmm. like I can definitely see it sitting, living there amongst the other John Hughes of the world and other things, uh, short circuits and things of the world as just like this fun, quirky eighties movie. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah, I feel like for sure. When I was thinking about it, it was like, okay, if this is made in the '80s, like I think most of the cast would be better looking, just because that's like very '80s to me. Is like Mm -hmm. put in, yeah, put every hot person in this movie, you know, just go for it. Which I don't think would be better, but I think logistically that would be something that would happen in the '80s, especially if like John Hughes had a hand in it. Like he actually might have better characters which i would find fun
0: but it would be interesting as well because um you know the 80s kind of had like a 50s revival going on underneath Mm -hmm. because like back to the future and then even music used in like uh Crap! What's the dirty dancing? Mm -hmm. Like there was a kind of a fifties revival going. It's it's that thirty year rule. Like everything becomes cool again in thirty years. So like the sixties were cool in the nine became more of a thing in the nineties again, and the and definitely the seventies around the turn of the two thousands. There's like influences from those decades. So it would be interesting to see how that would play out. Yeah. So
1: yeah, that's true. That's true. You had like Eddie and the Cruisers and stuff. That yeah, the eighties did Mm -hmm. do the fifties thing pretty hard. And then, yeah, the 90s did go into the 60s. Yeah, that's a good observation. So this would have just stood out. It's, this would have been fun. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, it, since it is a period piece, it's not like anything necessarily like, like phones or it's anything changed. No technology changes. Or anything right, like right. That. Um, I do have some junk drawer of facts. There's nothing really super wild about this movie or anything like that. It seems like Tom Hanks just wrote this while he was doing his... Like a uh, press tour for Forrest Gump, and he just said, like, he was constantly had a lot of downtime, and so he just wrote this movie. And then, mm. I guess, coming off Forrest Gump, he's allowed to do whatever he wants, so he's like, Well, I'm gonna make this movie. Um, it's interesting, nice. yeah. Uh, so again, The Wonders it parallels the Beatles in a bunch of different ways, but most notably, the replacement of the original drummer right before they get famous, right? Remember, yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. the Pete Best is famous for being the drummer of the Beatles right before like they got famous. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um the bass player does have a name even though it's not mentioned in the movie but Ethan Embry gave him a name because he you know <laughs> he's an actor and he's like well my character I'm, it needs a name like for me to make the yeah. character something in my head I guess actors do that right? So he said the character's name is Tobias. So mystery solved. <laughs> um, oh my god! Yeah, listen, Ethan Embry. This is again. This is in the middle of that sweet mid '90s run. So he's 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 a serious thespian right now.
0: Yeah, we're on an Ethan Embry kick right now. Uh, Steve Zahn was the only
1: actual musician in the Wonders. Um, he was oh, a really guitarist hmm. and singer. So he had to have the least amount of practice. Everyone else had to be taught how to play the song on um hmm. uh on instruments. It took about eight weeks. Um. And then, so I take Issue as an actual bass player that they don't give the bass player a name because I get the joke that we're like the least cool guy in the band. (laughs) I I get it. Good one, Tom Hanks. Yeah. But I know how to play this song on all (laughs) the instruments and it's hardest on bass. This song is most difficult on bass guitar. Yep. Yep it is it is way more
0: interesting because like it always seems like to me it seems like to me that the bass player is always like the mysterious one of the group like the like the one that you're like he's obviously the lead singer is like out there and up front and then the guitarist is kind of also usually a prominent figure but it's like great bands always seem to have like these bass players that you're like something's interesting about them and i want to know more but they're not letting me I always refer people to Led Zeppelin to go look at any
1: Led Zeppelin album, and it'll be like uh, Robert Plant vocals, uh, Jimmy Page guitars, uh, John Bonham drums, and it'll be like John Paul Jones, mandolin, flute, bass, keyboard, <laughs> piano. <laughs> it's like, that's right. That's right. That's the <laughs> bass player. Right. And Don't so, you forget. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the song was written by the bassist, uh, written by a bassist. For the fountains of Wayne, who is famous for Stacy's mom.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice.
1: Yeah. Famous for the song Stacy's mom about having a crush on your friend's hot mom.
0: Talk about, you know, writing a, a song about a one hit wonder f- for a movie, like, and actually being able to pull off making a song that's actually catchy and, and memorable. Like, that's that's a tall task and it's in and of itself.
1: Well, apparently the studio uh, had a contest, like, for musicians and stuff. said, like, write us a song that would be a 60s pop song and they won and part of me is like the fountains of wayne like if you're one of the other guys in the band like hey way to go why didn't you write that song for like i don't know our band you know instead of a (laughs) stupid movie (laughs) then maybe we wouldn't just be the stacy's mom band (laughs) we would be the that thing you do band i love the idea if he's like yeah well if you guys would let me
2: fucking write a song Maybe we would. Yeah. Why do you think I did this? Why do you think I put in for it? You think I'm just a bass player? You think I'm not good enough? I can write too.
0: It's like that. It's like that Family Guy skit where it's Ringo. Ringo. It's like I wrote a song. And They're like, "Oh, that's nice. Let's put it up on the fridge right here. That's great." You so did we good, can look Ringo. at it every day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude, why didn't you bring that song to our band? I did six months ago. You guys laughed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I gave it to Tom Hanks, assholes. (laughs) And then he starts singing the I Quit song. Yeah, he's like, I wrote that for the movie too, buddies. So this movie's also filled, and this is probably the most interesting thing, is like Hank, Tom Hanks just filled this movie with Easter eggs and references to his other movies. Like uh, a lot of the characters share names from like characters from Apollo 13. Like Jimmy and Lenny's last names are like Mattingly and Hace, and those are two of the astronauts' names. Uh, Mr. White's first name is Andy, um, like the kid who owns Woody in Toy Story. Uh, Captain Geach or Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters are named after two Carolina restaurants that he would eat at while filming Forrest Gump. And then, uh, (laughs) the director of the Beach movie that the Wonders appear in, uh, Jonathan Demi is the plays the director, and he directed Hanks in Philadelphia. So. It's kind of okay. cool that Hanks oh, just wow. kind of almost, in a, in a weird way, said like, I'm also going to create a shrine to myself in my career <laughs> yeah. in this movie. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's really it. There's nothing like really outwardly bizarre. It just seems like, yeah, it's just Tom Hanks made a movie and it's great. And kind of wonder why he doesn't do more. But whatever it's fine. Because he, he's Tom Hanks and he's delightful. He does whatever he wants. Yeah, t- Tanner's apparently like, don't ever make another movie ever again, please. So...
2: I would love, I would love for him to make a good movie. I would love
1: it. Um, he has. It's called That Thing You Do. All right. So, um, mm. <laughs> uh, all right. So we are taking this movie ten years back to 1986, which means we need to talk a little bit about 1986. Tanner, tell me about 1986.
3: Now departing for 1986. You have arrived.
2: 1986. All right. I'll run down the top 10 box office and then the Oscars. Um, all right. So from bottom to top, number 10, uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Then we've got Ruthless People at number nine. Uh, then The Golden Child. Aliens, the second. Uh, back to oh, Back to School. We've got Star Trek: Four, The Voyage Home, The Karate Kid Part Two, Platoon, Crocodile Dundee,
1: and Top Gun.
0: Top okay. Gun—that's the big—that's the big one this year. Yeah, yeah, really? Top Gun is the big one this year for sure.
1: So this is when we started yeah. taking Tom Cruise seriously.
0: Pretty much, mm-hmm. this is, I was okay. also surprised that Platoon was so was was such a big movie, like this year, like made that much money. So.
2: Yeah, it's like yeah, that's Because
1: yeah. it's a hard movie it's to very watch. Very interesting. Like I've only watched. It's not, it not like your, once. It's not like a
0: blockbuster. Yeah, it's, it's not like yeah. a big man. I really want to watch some Platoon tonight.
1: <laughs> I really want to. Yeah, I just want to get really bummed out about war. So,
2: <laughs>
0: what do you know about death?
2: Well, so let's move to the Oscars then, if you want to talk about that. This is the 59th Academy Awards um, uh, for Best Picture. We have the nominees, A Room with a View, The Mission, Hannah and Her Sisters, Children of a Lesser God, and the winner of Best Picture, Platoon.
1: So when was Platoon Hmm. released? Because this might explain some stuff, right? Was it It like early, like in the year? December 19th. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Okay. I was like thinking, then like maybe it's one of those movies everyone like saw early, and then buzz got around. So okay, all right, whatever. So it came out in Oscar season. Yeah, no, it was all right. Fair enough.
2: Yeah, it was like late. Yeah, it was like right towards the end of the year. So it was like huh. the it would have been in everyone's head. It would have been like the movie at the time.
1: Okay. Gotcha. All right. Strategy. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um. Okay. All right, so that's the Oscars of nineteen eighty six. I heard of almost none of that, but okay. Three amigos got screwed for best picture,
0: right? What are your three favorite movies of nineteen eighty six, Corey?
1: Impossible, can't do it. I don't. There's too many. Why can you name three
0: that you like?
1: Um. Yes. Name
0: three that you enjoy.
1: All right. Listen, like so. This is like Stand By Me, Labyrinth, Pretty in Pink. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, there's, there's, those, those are the big ones. So let me just give you some, like, let me give you some just, uh, some hidden gems. All right. There's One Crazy Summer, right? This is a John Cusack movie, right? With Demi Moore. Okay. It's great. It's really fun. Kind of an oddball comedy. Um, and then let's talk about Maximum Overdrive, which is an Emilio Estevez movie set <laughs> in a world where mm-hmm. all machines come to life and start wiping out human beings. And so it's a bunch of people trapped at a gas station with a semi truck with like the green goblin's head on it trying to kill
0: them. Um, is this so, the Stephen King movie?
1: Yeah, it's he directed it too. I think it's the only movie he ever directed, and he was like at the peak of just like you're talking toady Montana sized piles of cocaine, like Jesus, just yeah. And so, um and then. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have seen it, but the more I talk to people, I feel like they haven't. Little Shop of Horrors came out in 1986. It's incredible. One of the best musicals ever. It's, there you go. It's
0: super good. Yeah, it's
1: pretty good. Those are th- those are three that just needed to be mentioned. What about you guys? You guys have a top 3 on 86?
0: Yeah, Nick, what are yours? So, I'll name off three three ones I like. Uh obviously Ferris Bueller is up is way up there. The Three Amigos needs to be stated. It's super uh, pe- people need to know more about it. And then uh, one that I saw recently, actually, I'll I'll throw out just for just to give it some light is uh, The Fly. I hadn't seen it until this past year. And it's it's crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. That's like the epitome of body horror. It's just. just Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, It was wild. It was. (laughs) But it stays with you.
1: Oh, and, and also 86. This movie, this movie comes up all the time, but we, I just need to keep putting it out there. This is The Wraith, the year The Wraith comes out, which is Charlie Sheen turns into a ghost car that kills people. <laughs> so that's, that's what this 1986 doubled down on, to, was like killer cars. That's what 86 doubled down <laughs> on. So,
0: double yeah. down. It's a good double down. That's a, that's
2: a strange double down. <laughs> uh, so I liked, the things that I liked, obviously Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, However, this year, also, An American Tale came out this year. Nice. The Great Mouse Detective, also fantastic. A movie that I love, that I never hear about, came out in 86. It's called FX. A movie special effects man is hired to fake a real-life mob killing for witness protection, but finds his own life in danger. It is fantastic. Who's in this? Uh, this is who was it? Uh, Brian Brown. Um, Who's in this exactly? Um, you, I don't really recognize him from anything else.
1: It's got Brian Dennehy, he's which in is like the dad from Tommy Boy. Um, the dad from yeah. Tommy Boy. Okay. is In it, Tom Noonan. It's it's got some people, but it's like okay. It's okay. It's, it's it's an okay movie, but of course, Tanner's. Promoting it after dogging <laughs> that fun. thing you do,
2: <laughs> it is a
1: fun film, Corey.
0: Would you There's call it fun wrong. yet meh or middling or underwhelming? So,
1: effects is incredibly unremarkable, <laughs> <laughs> it's very fun, and so I think
3: it's
2: a it's fun, fun very but fun concept.
1: Did you ever see the uh sequel? Yeah. There is an FX two in ninety one. Yeah. I've never seen the sequel. So. Is it
0: called Special Effects? No, it's just FX two. Should have
1: been, but it's oh, just called FX two. Waste, yeah. right? Waste. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 All right. So yeah, we already talked about what eighty six doubled down on, which was uh, mm-hmm. Killer Cars. Which just Killer Cars? Some, studi- some studio said, "Hey, they got the Stephen King Killer Truck movie. We need one." They said Charlie Sheen signed on for a movie and doesn't have a script. Write one.
0: Yeah, uh, make him a Killer Car he kills people.
1: Other than that, I couldn't find I really couldn't
2: find anything in this year that like gave a through line to what the year was focused on. Like movies are just all over the place.
1: It's a pretty out there year, like yeah, for sure. It's it's yeah, when you go it's through it It's like the it, main there's...
0: wave of like it's it's like the main wave of like 80s movies like that mid peak of like 8045 just hit and this is kind of like the the hangover from it it's like there's some there's some hidden gems and good movies here but it's like now we're prepping for back to the future 2 and such and such and such and such and all of that yeah oh I missed them I missed the most obvious one this is
1: Top Gun and Iron Eagle came out in 86 oh I forget Iron, Iron Eagle, Eagle came out is, is the yeah. very off-brand Top Gun movie but had like eight mm-hmm. sequels so like it I don't know if that means more successful, but... Oh my um, God, so many sequels. Um, So, there's a few. I don't know if it's actually eight, but there's a lot of Iron Eagle movies. Um, Yeah. All right, cool. Moving on. Are you guys ready to do this? You guys ready to cast? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. I'm kind of nervous, because I feel like Tanner just purposely sabotaged this, but we'll find out. Don't
2: worry, Corey. I can't sabotage a movie that's already
1: sabotaged itself. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't hold it back. So let's do this again. What we're doing here is we are taking that thing you do out of 1996. We're moving it back 10 years to 1986. I've chosen the movie. So I'm the director. Nick and Tanner have put together a uh, cast for that thing you do of 1986. So they're using actors relevant in 1986. However, there are rules. And I hope you follow these rules. The rules are. Number one, any actor you cast in that thing you do in 1986 must be alive in 1986. Uh, Number two, they have to be free in 1986. They can't be incarcerated or anything like that. They have to be, um, you know, eligible, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, and then number three, any actor that Tanner and Nick have chosen, they have pulled out of any major film credits that they had in 1986. So they can't just go pulling everybody willy-nilly. They had to be... um, They had to be clever with this. They had to be kind of strategic. However, we do not count directing, voice work, TV work, anything like that. Any actor they choose will just lose any major film roles they were a part of. They can argue the cameo rule, which is if they think that uh, that their uh, part in another movie was really short and could have been filmed in just a day or two, they can argue it. I will be the deciding factor. I, as the director, have two power-ups. I can at any point just say, Nick, you did a bad job. Tanner, you did a bad job and cast anyone of my choosing in any role. But I can only do it once. The other one is I can retroactively switch to actors in any role. If I feel like we get towards the end and said, "Uh, y'all got this backwards. Um, Doesn't come up a lot. does Sometimes Tanner got really close at Alien, but we stopped him from making a very bad error. And, and don't then do I, it. I'm
2: kicking myself
1: for not seeing the correct as one. As soon as we stopped recording, yeah, you were upset. Um so uh I'm handing you over a movie I love, and I'm hoping you guys handle it with care. Why would I? As if you have handled a movie I've
2: brought to the table with care ever. I will <laughs> not handle this movie with care.
1: I handled Highlander with the utmost respect.
2: So. Absolute <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> absolute um, bullshit
1: okay. <laughs> whatever <laughs> alright so um, the cast I gave you would be uh, Mr. White the bass player Lenny, Jimmy, Faye and Guy Patterson did y'all do Tina and Chad? I kind of gave y'all the uh, I gave uh, y'all that like, was what y'all was y'all on the list do it. Yep. okay I just said yeah, it's, I it's, it's if y'all wanted to do those I don't think I ever got confirmation if y'all wanted to do Chad and Tina so there we can, we, can, we can start down there. Let's start with Tina.
4: Oh, this weekend. You will not believe what I have to do. I'm getting the crown replaced on my number 15 molar. It's, it's going to take like all day tomorrow with the death.
1: Who is played by Charlize Theron. very. Uh, I think this is like one of her early things.
0: Um, it's her first role, yeah. Tom, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tom Hanks is kind of a hero for her because he casted her in this movie.
1: Apparently she was the really? first person cast yeah she was so um she must have so done yeah, that Tanner, audition for tina know
0: that thing you do no Charlize theron no, i know that she has no Imperator furiosa
2: there's nothing in this role that someone would watch and go i need her for my next film there's
0: plenty in this role she's in a tom hanks directed movie
1: apparently it happened apparently someone saw this and said i want her in my next movie all right yep so
2: we don't know if we you don't go. know all right anyway speculation play.
1: Either way, Tita is Guy Patterson's original girlfriend, pretty uninterested in his drumming for a band, and uh, ends up leaving him for her
0: dentist. Super interested in the dentist. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Likes going to the dentist for lots of reasons. Um, very in On the weekend. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a very in-depth dental work. All right. Who am I going to start with? Tanner, let's just go ahead. Uh, Nick, you want to take it?
0: No, no. No, After no. you, Tanner. No, Tanner, you
1: go. Why don't you start us off right here with that thing you do? Tina, who did you cast? Okay, Tina. Um,
2: I cast um, a woman who I hope we all know because uh, else this is going to be very interesting, the rest of this cast list. Um, it's a woman. She's young at the time, um, but I think she does house this, like, she can be, uh, I mean, this role really just calls for uninterested and bitchiness so i don't think there's a lot like a lot there but um i brought terry hatcher because right now she's just doing the love boat um you guys would know her from lois and clark uh tomorrow never dies she was also on desperate housewives for a decade now um but i think she i think she really brings in enough like she can be stoic. She can be like cold and icy and uninterested. And I think that's really all she needs for this
1: role. I'm okay with it. That's actually yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. All right. Thank you. I like it. Terry Hatcher on the board.
0: Nick, what'd you do? Well, Corey, I'm glad that you brought up the very underrated classic Streets of Fire earlier in the episode because I pulled out Diane Ling at 21 years old. She's a free agent this year and she's going to be The beautiful girl that falls for the dentist. It's like Tanner said, there's not a lot to this role other than seeming uninterested and wanting uh, to not care about his band and the fact that they're going to play at something something this weekend. So Diane Lane is who I've chosen, Corey. What was she doing in 86? Nothing. She's a free agent. Oh, free agent.
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. I got nervous, because for a second I thought you were pulling her out of Streets of Fire, and I was like, well, that was a
0: horrible move. No, 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 we're Um, two years past that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I
1: was like, that's 84, okay. You guys have both done well, however, I do have to, and I hate doing this, defer to Tanner's here, only because it's a small role, I think Diane Lane's a little too Mm -hmm. big for Bridges in here. I think it's just, it's just, I need terry hatcher just coming in
0: she's bored she just shows up for the weekend she does it she does a a couple scenes has a good time yeah but i I just terry hatcher just
1: strikes me as like probably it's a paycheck uh as nice as i can put it an actress that would sleep with her dentist so um as
2: well like diane lane maybe not two things diane lane at this point she's already leading films right she's already being like the lead actress in films right and also how old and this was a question that i meant to ask earlier but didn't how old are these people supposed to be because they all seem like they're in Uh, high school
1: but i don't know if that's no they're like after high school i would say mid-20s because guy patterson who is actually supposed to be older than the rest of them though has already served in the military Mm. so he's like he would be looking like mid twenties. The rest of them are probably early twenties. Okay. So then that, then that bunks that I was going to
2: say, she, she feels like she would have aged out of that bracket by now. But if that's where we're at, then I can see that.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cause guy and Tina are supposed to be a little bit older and that's kind of why Tina loses. Yeah. You're supposed to think Tina lost a little interest because guy went back and started playing band with, you know, in a band with some of these younger guys and she wants to do more mature things like play golf and, with her dentist. So Yeah. Um but I, I, I am gonna go to Terry Hatcher. That kind of just struck me in a weird way. That's yes. all I can say. I like it. Yes. I like Terry Hatcher. It felt right. Um and uh and, and maybe maybe then that just means one day down the line Terry Hatcher is Impersonator Furiosa. Who knows? Which would be nice. a terrible casting, so I hope that doesn't
0: happen. Only time will tell. <laughs> so
1: um <laughs> yeah, that's what we do here. That's what we do. We mess with the film timelines and just hope nothing horrific happens like that. Um, all right, let's mm-hmm. move up to Chad. Hey, Guy, weren't you the drummer in the tempos? <laughs> <laughs> Played by Giovanni Rabisi um, in, in in a very small role here, who plays the drummer who breaks his arm and gets, uh, gets kicked out of the band um, right before they take off. And uh, it's, kind of a, it's kind of a good thing he gets kicked out of the band because they hire a guy who plays the ballad song too fast and creates a hit song. So it's a good thing Chad mm-hmm. broke his arm. Um, which probably my favorite line in the whole movie is the asshole broke his arm. So it's uh, by Steve Zahn. Yeah, it's um, pretty good. So Tanner, you made that. Tell me, who is your uh, broken armed Chad. So with with Chad, right, it's a cameo.
2: He's just in and out here and there. The thing that I saw with him is he, along with uh, Steve Zahn, along with Lenny, he is especially the first part of the film, very comedic role. He is like the physical comedian. He is this guy that's coming in and like being over the top. I brought Jim Carrey.
1: (laughs) Huh. That's interesting. What's he doing in 86? He's pretty new to the scene, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, he's been working since 81. So he's only been in it for five years. He's doing a movie called Peggy Sue Got Married. Um, It's a Nicolas Cage film. um, Francis Ford Coppola film. but it, when I was looking through it, it didn't look like anything spectacular for him. He just seems to be like one of the background characters that follow Nicolas Cage. Um, and he's got this buzz cut in the, in the photos in this movie. And I was just looking at it like, well, that's military. You know, like, uh, sorry, that was, uh, I was thinking of him for the bass player and then changed him to, Ch- uh, to Chad. So that's out. But um, but I saw him and I was like, he's young. He still looks almost high schoolish here, um, maybe early college. And he's going to have so much fun falling off of the meter. You know what I mean? When he's jumping over the meter and like falls to the ground and actually breaks his arm. I think he's just going to have so much fun with it.
1: Yeah, he looks like he looks like he does in Me, Myself and Irene in Peggy Sue Got Married. Like mm, it's that yeah. weird buzz okay. cut, and uh, so I've never seen Peggy Sue Got Married. It's one of those that it's on my watch list, and I think I should watch mm-hmm. it. But um, I don't. I I do think that we can cast him here and not pull him out necessarily because I think you're right. Chad is a pretty small role. That is, um, yeah, he's just. I mean, he pops in and out of the movie and maybe this should have been a question that should have been asked, but he seems like he has a really good attitude for having missed out on like this big opportunity. Like, He's just so happy for the band. And I'm like, I feel like that doesn't happen. I've been in the music scene and I've been in bands and there's not that much support. Really, from yeah. from other people, so it just seems like if you kicked a guy out, especially like, and I actually joined a band in this exact way once. I filled in for a bass player and ended up in a band for a long period of time. Um,
2: oh no way! I was supposed to just be
1: in it one. Yeah, because I love you was this band I was in, and I only I was only meant to play one show, and so um, and that guy was not happy about it. Actually, he, you know, <laughs> if we had if we had ended up on TV. Like I don't think he would have gone over to like my parents' house and watched it, you know, and like yeah. been pumped. I still have because I love you on my iTunes. I still listen. Yeah, because yeah, and I I accidentally landed in that band. So um, so so I like Jim Carrey because I feel like he could play that supportive, like high spirited guy. Um, yeah. So Nick, who did who did you bring? Who are you counting? How how are you going to counter Jim Carrey here?
0: Well, I didn't really see this as comedic as tanner did uh i went more for while he does stupid things at the beginning and it's more of a while it is there's some physical comedy there it's more of just like this poor guy just was being stupid one time and broke his arm and now he gets to sit watch his friends go be like tv big uh tv stars and they're when they perform their first song you know so i i i thought of like who who would who would be the kind of person that just has the dumb luck but like (laughs) is just unlucky and unfortunate. It's like if you hadn't have done this, it's possible that you'd be right there with them. Um so I was trying to think of some people um just for f- fun. I'm throwing out Scott Bayo.
2: Scott Bayo.
0: <laughs> <Scott Baio. laughs>
1: What's he that's doing? Right. What's he doing in eighty six? Like He's anything? he's
0: only doing a a TV movie called The Truth About Alex, and that's pretty much it. Okay. So he has nothing really of, of note. I mean, he never really broke through the TV world, got never got past happy days and Joni loves Chachi. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna make he's 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 that guy, kinda. It's like, oh you, you almost made it. You almost you, you did pretty good there for a minute. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of see him as like the guy that's stuck at home with the broken arm. Maybe he's dating a guy's sister and is going to take over the family business one day. So, but he's just kind of like, man, if I had just, man, if I could have just had the lead one time. So
2: you're, you're looking at him as like, oh, that poor guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More of a like, that cause he's in a cast like the entire movie. So you're just like that poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's just stuck. But it's like, do we want
1: to risk people boycotting this movie? Thirty years later, whenever he's a huge Trump guy, like that's my only problem here with Scott that's, Baio.
0: That's true. There are a lot of people that we've discussed <laughs> and casted that have had troublesome futures after this this particular time period.
1: This is true. This is true. It's not
0: great. Yeah, so but man, we're just gonna go with the. T- it's fine for the era that it is. I gotta be honest
1: here. Maybe this t- changes
0: it. I'm
1: tempted to use my override because, like, I feel like there's this perfect guy sitting there as as there's this perfect guy who's Chad in my mind. who's a free agent who would be like just perfect in this role. And the only reason I'm hesitating is because I'm pretty sure that one of you's got a much higher now because there's just no way this guy doesn't come up Fox. I'm talking Mikey J. Fox.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you're talking about Michael J. Fox. Yeah. We just saw him as the guitarist of his own band in Back to the Future. He's
1: massive right now. If I get it, I get it, but it's just okay. I'm just saying he seems like the guy who would have that dumb luck. And, yes. and he's just that goofy nerdy kid and then would go to the friend's house and watch it, you know? That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So, okay, I hate this cuz this is like this is like watching Trey Young play basketball right now, but I'm going with Tanner. I'm going who? with Jim Carrey here. <laughs> I am going with Jim Carrey. Yes. No, I'm just saying Trey Young is the best player player I hate watching because he's doing really well right now, but I dislike him a lot. So that's who you are mm, right
0: I now, see.
1: Tanner. So because you shouldn't be you doing hate, well. You hate watching me play, but. I can't
0: I can't believe you've done this.
1: I know. Listen, I can't I, believe I, j- it's not Jim fun. Carrey works for me in my mind. So um, yeah, and I think he would have a spunky attitude watching yeah. watching them. On TV. So. I really wanted, the first name I
2: thought of was French Stewart, but he's not working yet. Um, so.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went with my it's, backup. It's, 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 it's the scene of uh, Chad at the dance in the sling saying, oh, that's too fast. I can just see uh, Jim Carrey getting it, oh, yeah. you know. And oh, whatever. that's too so. fast. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's move up. Um, all we have, uh, to our essentially our principal cast here, which is uh, six mm-hmm. people. Um, so how do we want to do this? Listen, okay, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll fall to the joke. Let's start with TB player, the bass player. Um, oh, okay, because he is the joke is they're uncool and so therefore he doesn't even get a name, but we're gonna call him Tobias. Let's call uh, Tobias the bass player.
4: Well, I joined the United States Marine Corps back at home, so um. I have to report to South Carolina at the end of August, which means that I have to leave the band at the end
1: of August. Uh, Tanner, you made it. So uh, played by Ethan Embry, um, who, again, is on a very hot run here in the mid-90s, um, coming off Vegas vacation and doing uh, Can't Hardly Wait after this, I believe. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's Ethan Embry's Hollywood right now. And um, he's
2: young at this point, right? Yep. He's like 18, Embry?
1: He... Yeah, he's pretty young here because this came out in 96. He was born in 78. So, yeah, he's very young. Um, He is about 18. So Um, the bass player uh, pretty much just uh, exactly that plays the bass and has uh, signed up for the military. And so when they get famous, he pretty much tells them right away, like, this is temporary. I'm going to the Marines. Um, And then, yeah, skips his big TV debut to go to Disneyland. And you have to admit, he was on a roller coaster with like Goofy and Mickey Mouse and stuff. That's pretty fun. So who, as a fun fact, are
2: in the uh, credits are cast as themselves. That's awesome. Of course. N- yeah, <laughs> I found that absolutely hilarious. That's great. Um, so okay. for for the bass player, for Tobias player, um, the guy that I brought um, I'm going to really like it's going to be a decision on you, Corey, because I don't really know if this credit works. Um, OK, I was looking young because obviously he's he looks and seems to be the youngest. And that's why I thought they were in high school is mainly because of the base player, because the thing you do after high school is go sign up for the military. Right. Like
1: I would assume he's, he's the is very high school. I- I would assume that he is fresh out of high school, 18. The other two are like 20, 21, and then Guy is 25. That's just kind of how I bagged all this. So So I went for
2: someone that was young. Um, The guy I brought only has one credit, but it's like when he was a kid, I don't even know, fully understand what the credit is. Um, But it's Sam Rockwell. He's 18 at the time. I know you hate Sam Rockwell, but I despise it. I don't know why this is before he's done anything other than a show. It's like a TV miniseries called Joan Crawford's children. I could not find anything about it, Um, (laughs) but it is a credit on IMDb. He's like maybe 11 or 12 in that series. um, And then doesn't do anything until like a couple of years after 86. So like, it's a decision on you, I guess. If like if that credit is even worth anything or if he technically hasn't started his career yet.
1: I mean, our rule is as long as they've acted before. So just because he took a break for like three or four years, I can't really like say no. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, I mean, he acted. He was in a miniseries, I guess, playing a child. But like, uh, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, he meets the criteria.
3: OK, great. So um,
2: anyone right. out there who doesn't know Sam Rockwell, um, he's from three bo- three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Jojo Rabbit, uh, The Way Way Back, which is a great film. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. Uh, Iron, Man Iron Man 2. Iron Man 2. Sure. Um, but he's 18. He's young. You can see him going into the military and he's going to have this quiet nature about him.
1: Um, this might be where you miss a three point shot. That's really important, but
0: we'll see Nick, where did you go? Okay. So there's two ways you can play this, uh, the base player. You can really lean into the fact that he's a young kind of impressionable guy. Um, that's a fact, but do you play him nerdy or do you just play him as young and kind of, uh, ignorant to two things? So I went more of the latter, I guess. Um, And I went with somebody that he has a lot of credits this year, but it's all like TV movies and stuff. Nothing really that jumps out yet is like, Hey, this is a marquee movie Mm -hmm. he was in, but uh, I picked Keanu Reeves. Oh, man.
1: What was he doing?
0: Okay. I got to look this
1: up. Hold on. Cause you may not understand. You may not understand what he's doing. Movie. Is it like the babes
0: in Toyland? a TV movie under the influence TV movie. Wait, is babes in Toyland a TV movie. It's a TV movie. Okay,
1: because we can't touch it.
0: Act of Vengeance TV movie. The only movies I'm seeing is Youngblood and River's Edge. River's Edge looks incredible.
1: Uh, yeah, okay. Brotherhood of Justice is TV movie, though. Okay, so that's okay. Youngblood, it's a really solid cast, but it's not it's Yeah. It's it doesn't it doesn't live up to the cast. In my opinion, I've seen it once and I never went back to it. Like this was when they were trying to make
0: like a, it's a hockey movie.
1: Yeah. It's like back when they were trying to make, um, Rob, the thing, you know,
0: Mm -hmm. and it just Mm -hmm.
1: never caught like it could have and probably should have in a weird way. Um, yeah. And then, Mm -hmm. uh, I have never heard of river's edge.
2: Um, I, I just watched like the trailer, um, it looks it looks I, I think it looks good,
0: but huh, you know, okay. my balances. but come on. Imagine imagine Keanu and he's he's young. He's he's 22, <laughs> so he could probably play younger. He plays younger later on in Parenthood. And then on top of that, he's just he's just the young bass guy who's just kind of it, it's, it's 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 kind of leaning into his Bill and Ted character a little bit, just absent minded a bit and and just very impressionable at the same time. But he's having fun, guys. He, he wants to go hang out and just be in a band with the, all the other guys. What does he look like without long hair? What does he look like
2: with like a... He looks like Keanu Reeves. Have you seen Point Break? you seen Speed? That's long hair.
1: Speed. Speed, he's got a buzz cut.
0: Oh, Speed. He has multiple yeah. hair links in, in Point Break.
1: So, uh, and then the Matrix hair would probably be combed over, would probably be what you're looking for Ideal. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wow. Um so here's the thing. I'm in love with the Keanu thing. But River's Edge is like it's got Crispin Glover and Dustin Hoffman and like all oh sorts of crap happening. Like I it's, it's 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 thing because Keanu Reeves is perfect. He's the he's the perfect bass player for this movie. Is he? But I'm terrified Why? of what I might <laughs> I just be messing don't with. See it. Uh first of all, you haven't
0: seen it yet, Corey. You have, you didn't even you didn't even hear heard of it until this moment. Yeah, it uh, first looks of all, great. First of all, Keanu Reeves actually plays
1: bass, so that goes way in his favor, right? Like, he is right, a there, you go. Something. He, he there you go, has a band and plays bass. So, um, man, yep, yep, oh my gosh, okay, so here's, yep. here's what's gonna happen I'm gonna go with Keanu Reeves, and then in like a few days, when I track this River's Edge movie down and watch it, I'm gonna hate myself. That's what's yeah. gonna happen.
2: It's on, it's on Prime, <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime.
1: Yep, oh, are you serious? So, I could probably watch this like tonight and hate myself. Yeah. Oh no. You okay. can do it now. Well, I'm going with Keon- I'm going with Keanu Reeves because it, it, I like it, and yes. I, I don't like Sam Rockwell, so um, it's just that simple.
0: <laughs> yeah, I knew going in with you got to know the rules. Going in with
2: Sam, that it was it was a real long
1: shot, but I'm here to bring
0: good okay.
2: people into roles they actually fit. So
1: <laughs> I don't. I okay. So I don't hate Sam Rockwell as much as I like the bit. Suggest, I'm, not a, I'm yeah. not a huge fan of him, like, I think he gets a little overrated. Um, but I do like the way way back. Um, I haven't seen some of this stuff, he's gotten his Oscar and you know, and and, and all the and then other Oscar Buzz Four. So, um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I can respect it. What it is though is I looked up Sam Rockwell in '88's Clown House and he just didn't look right, even then, much older, he kind of looked 14, so he looked too young even so oh okay i mean if you look at him now he's a good looking dude so he's aging he's aging well and so i think it's just yeah. he, looked, he looked pretty young and then keanu i can dig it i think he'll deliver the the line um guys chad fell down real well um and then yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> damn it <laughs> and then so uh yeah it's perfect i love it all right moving on So we've done the bass player. Let's do... Man, let's do Lenny. Let's do Lenny.
0: Are you crazy? A man in a really nice camper wants to put our song on the radio.
4: Give me a pen. I'm signing. You're signing. We're all signing.
1: Played by Steve Zahn. The only... Let's not. What? Let's (laughs) not do Lenny? I said let's not.
2: Why not? (laughs) Not
0: No, let's do Lenny. Let's go
2: to Lenny. I want to see who Nick brings in.
1: I mean, it's got to be... That's the problem. NJ here. But like I mean, Nick's, I think, already played his card a little bit. But so Lenny played by Steve Zahn, he's kind of the uh and what would you call it? He's he's kind of like the uh I don't want to say dark horse, but he's the bright light of the movie. He kind of steals the movie for the most part. Um, which is probably yeah, he probably wasn't supposed to. Because he's, he's just a lovable character. Yeah. But, yeah, you can tell that he is um, far more comfortable on camera than everyone else in this movie, uh, other than Tom Hanks. Mm -hmm. uh, In terms of the people in the band, he is like, I've been in movies before, and this is great. Um, Yeah. And so uh, the only guy that played guitar, Lenny is the lovable idiot, ends up not showing up to record that thing you do in Spanish (laughs) because he drove to Vegas with the top down with the secretary from Playtone Records. All (laughs) right. All right. (laughs) Nick, you made it.
0: Lenny was the hardest, the hardest role to cast for me. Like, I, I think Tanner's note earlier that the '80s is just let's just cast pretty uh-huh. people. Like, there aren't a lot of young comedians. Like, yeah, Jim Carrey exists, but he's not Jim Carrey yet, and so there isn't like I'm sitting there going like Yeah, that guy and 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 Steve Zahn isn't necessarily like a comedian, but he's like a character actor, yeah. and you don't have a lot of young character actors that at at least that are available anyway that i could think of so yes this was the toughest one and for me to pick and i feel like i could the problem is is i could pick somebody that i think could do the role pretty well but i also have them on my list for higher up roles and i feel like i'm just going to screw myself over and not really have a great pick for one of them if i choose him here all right so i'm going to throw a wild card at you and I was tempted to do one thing that, but that would definitely be playing to Corey. But I'm not going to do that. Um, That's very Bill and Ted centric. Yeah, player. Uh, uh, now I want to play it. Um, um. All right, I'm going to throw a wild card at you. I'm going with Kevin Bacon.
1: Oh, okay, what's he doing in '86? Don't hate he it. He
0: is doing Quicksilver.
1: Okay, all right. Like, the- have you heard? like the the weird bicycle movie. Um I've heard of it. I've never sat down Mm-mm. and watched it.
0: Um right? Is is that what it is? He's a he's a yeah, he's, he gets a job on a bike as a speed delivery and then he befriends and makes an enemy. It's it's all just kind of about him. It's it doesn't really do a good job of giving a synopsis, but it seems to deal with Wall Street and him running around and stuff. It's got like a 5.7 IMDb and a 43 meta score. So I wasn't too worried about pulling it out of, out of, uh, out of play here. But I think that he's just, cause I was thinking about him for other roles as well. But the thing is, is like, he's not your typical leading man type, like at least in terms of looks, but he also has an edge to him. And I could see him leaning into his more eccentric side and, and playing kind of the quick witty, like down for anything type of friend. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, no. I, I'm, and he's definitely believable as like a a lead guitarist type. So I don't hate it. I, I just think, so yeah. like so I'm I'm, going, I'm okay yeah, with it. Bacon is my choice. And then uh,
1: <laughs> I, I've never seen Quicksilver. I know it's a thing, but like I know they like kind of remade it in the 2000s with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I think it was equally disappointing. So I'm, I'm okay hmm. losing it. So okay. okay. Um. All right, Tanner, you're up. Kevin Bacon is on the board. Okay. And it's tickling my fancy. So. so
2: this is where I have Alex Winter. Okay. That so was, that, that was that was the that thought was, I had. That was the name I had written down. And I there's I hate that Keanu was in this film because it is fucking <laughs> insane to have them both in this film. And like absolutely stupid. Um, but that is Alex Winter is the person I had down. The only other person I had on my list was Mike Myers um play Mike Myers just play because, Mike Myers I'll do Mike Myers because I do not okay. want Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves in this film
0: I wasn't aware that Mike Myers and Jim Carrey were even a thing like existing in the 80s yeah well I mean uh, this is
2: like the start of both of their careers like uh, Mike Myers at this point is just getting out of Second City like he is oh, man. just coming around he's only got like a couple of things happening at this point and I think they're both self-produced um, that are on IMDb, um, yeah, that that I think were produced at Second City, um, and put up on IMDb. So like, this is early Mike Myers, and I think this is he's got that quick, fast, like comedy because I think Steve Zahn is the or lenny I guess, is the lovable idiot, the lovable fast talking idiot who just gets himself into shit, right, and like right. I think Mike Myers is solid. Yeah, you know, like I think, I think that all tracks you see this in like Austin Powers, the love guru, like all this stuff.
1: So I like, I like, I like that we tried to get Alex winter in the movie, but I don't think he would have been right for this personally. But we also yeah. have to remember though, that this is pre bill and Ted. So we w- we're in 86 yeah. bill and Ted doesn't exist. We wouldn't be like creating the wild stallions. It would just be a,
0: we, we wouldn't be winking when, the audience. when
1: Bill and Ted came out, it'd be like, Oh, they've already been in a movie or then a band, but these are completely different characters. So yeah, Mike Myers V Kevin Bacon is a way more fun argument for me. Yes. I just don't think I would have gone Alex winter like Michael J. Fox. I don't also think I would have gone with just cause I don't see him doing like, uh, like a, I got a pig over in the livestock no. pavilion and I'm going to win that blue ribbon. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see, yeah. I think it would have come off kind of like uh primetime TV would have come off as, you know, whatever that show he was on. Yeah. Um. So, um, Hmm. So what you, I like both of these a lot. I really do. And so Kevin Bacon, love it, but it's kind of going through the eighties thing of like, are we just casting pretty people? And he does have that edge. And I like seeing him with a guitar and doing it. But the problem is, is Mike Myers is a name I did not even remotely consider. And it's absolutely perfect. When it gets to those. Is it though? When it gets. Is it though? I don't think you want an edge to
2: Lenny. You know what I mean? Like, I don't see where an edge is needed for Lenny because he is not edgy in the slightest.
0: I mean, the sense that he's he's gonna make stupid decisions and stuff. You're you're leaning into like, yeah, I'm gonna just go follow the hot blonde to Vegas and and get married and stuff. Yeah, like, like I'm 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 leaning into that. Like he's gonna he's gonna come off as cooler than Steve on, obviously, because yeah. he's Kevin Bacon. But it's just a different take on the character.
1: So again, with Kevin Bacon, you have to remember that like people easily go, oh, Footloose or you know, um, yeah. Flatliners. Like he's the edgy heartthrobby kind of uh you know mysterious of the the, the peripheral Br- brat pack bunch but then he made you have to you have to remember yeah, kevin bacon's yeah. in trimmers and he's hilarious in trimmers and he did a lot of movies mm-hmm. where he like kind of proved he had some pretty solid like comedic chops and and could play like the yeah. goofy redneck kind of guy like he does in trimmers like he can get there and so like i don't think yeah. he couldn't do it the problem is is that lenny is a character actor and so is Mike Myers and like or Steve Zahn is a character actor and so is Mike Myers and it gets to those lines just like looks like Lenny's going fishing and I got a pig over and livestock and all that stuff and that's 100% Mike Myers yeah so I'm going Mike Myers and for no other reason that I'm pretty sure it's the first time he's come up on this podcast and I'm not going to be the guy that didn't cast him so (laughs) Like I'm not putting it on myself. I think it's fair. So,
2: yeah. I see that I I think you're right. I think he I think to give it to you Nick. I think Kevin Bacon has comedic chops. I think just in my head, especially mid-80s, he is leading man to me and not character friend.
1: I still like Kevin Bacon a lot. I'm just going I through with it. Yeah. I just need that more like no, it's fine. Like it's
0: fine. It's fine. we're fine. <laughs> uh, okay, here. Yeah. Are you gonna cast Adam Sandler too? While we're at it, he wasn't doing anything Wait, this hold year. On. So hold I mean, on,
2: he he's not. He, he hasn't like, worked yet. He has nothing on IMDb, <laughs> so you can't oh, do it.
1: I was like,
0: he wouldn't. I mean, is Eddie Murphy available?
1: Like, I'm just saying, like, oh, yeah. Adam Sandler may not be the worst. Jimmy is all I'm saying. If if you guys are still. <laughs>
0: we're uh, we making a farley brothers movie or are we making we're, a tom hanks a Lord, movie? we're making, yeah, a, we're, we're making we're a Lord mike, i don't tom know where hanks we're at movie. anymore this is Lorne michaels.
1: michaels this is now this is now a saturday night oh live God. movie um
0: an snl movie yeah
1: um this would jump start uh mike myers uh career essentially though oh like, yeah uh, into into films because he really doesn't show up he's he's like just now like kind of like Popping his head into the like the uh, SNL world, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's like a year from inventing Wayne Campbell, but uh, uh, Wayne's yeah. world doesn't show up till ninety ninety two. So we would jumpstart his career like a, a second. So, um, mm-hmm. but I'm cool with it. Um, so yeah, all right, I like it. I like it. Moving on, we need to now knock out the leader of the band jimmy excuse miss shiler james Madeline the second lead singer of the wonders i wrote that thing you do i wrote many other songs that i think we should make an appointment and share uh played by and Hmm. i can't i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna butcher this name jonathan shake i guess is uh shayek Uh, i think it's a
2: good good stab at it
1: yeah um uh, works for me jimmy uh the guy who uh leads the band um kind of unlikable obsessed with succeeding and it also obsessed with um ripping off the beatles name by uh just changing a letter and having it be music centric mm-hmm. um he's the guy that says uh we're the wonders o-n-e like number one and uh that gets killed by oh needers <laughs> yeah uh hey that's everyone. O-Letters. Um, <laughs> and I have, I have, and I'm meant to wear it. I have a shirt that's like the Ramon symbol, but it says Onetters on it and has their names instead of the Ramones. That's names. pretty good. Um, but I didn't bring it. Uh, I was meant to get into the, uh, to the, uh, spirit of the movie, but whatever, um, ends up quitting, um, by writing a song about quitting towards the end because he wants to, he wants to write songs. He wants to be an artist. And Tom Hanks wants him to be a pop star and and and, and keep mm-hmm. riding the wave yeah. of that thing you do. Ends up, like uh, Tanner already mentioned in the credits, starting The Herdsman and, and having a successful movie or music career um, with Tom Hanks, you know? So, um, yeah. managing him. So, all right. Tanner, you're on the board then with uh Jimmy. Okay.
2: So, this was my... Like real big swing. This is like my left field. I don't really expect it to go anywhere. But I. So you're like
1: you're pointing at the bleachers right now, like with the bat. Yeah. Like. Okay. All right. I love it.
2: So, the thing with Jimmy, right, is like you were saying, he's he is this like snobbishy lead singer, right? Where he's like everything is about him. He's very selfish. He comes off as like a little dickish, and. But he he's very good-looking. He has this, like, great smile. He has, like, these other personality traits that you could fall in love with him for. Yeah. I brought Lou Diamond Phillips. Now, it's left field because it's a movie about the 60s, right? So, like, at this time, I do not believe they would have him as a lead singer of this pop band. But when I look at Jimmy, I actually think they look a lot alike. Like, I think they have, like, similar facial structure. I think they've got, like, I think he, he like, I think he's got this look of lead singer, hot lead singer. He's doing La Bamba the next year. So we know he sings, he has, like, he has his own voice. He can portray a musician, The only thing that I'm worried about is it being the 60s.
1: Is he doing anything in 86?
2: He is a free agent in 86.
1: Holy crap. Okay, so I'm just going to say this. Nick, the bar is like practically as high as it can go almost. Like,
0: are you kidding? This is incredible. La Bamba comes out next year. He's doing the same role twice. He's a lead singer twice. (laughs) Yeah, but... He'll be the star oh next time. In this one, he's
1: not necessarily what the star. What bizarre
0: world are we in, Jesse? What's happening? Yes.
1: That's and and, and my thing is, I get what Tanner's trying to say is that okay, in the '60s, are they letting? Which he's actually like Native American. I think is really his, like he's like Philippine Native American. I think yeah, he's his like, actual, Fili- like ethnicities. Filipino, like Hawaiian Native American. Because he's not he's not Hispanic in the least when he plays Richie Valens, and that you know like if they if that movie came out now, people would be upset because he's, I don't think he's Hispanic at all. Um, And so, but to your point, uh, Richie Valens was real. He existed and people got behind him and loved him. So there's Mm -hmm. still a a world in which just because a guy's skin is a little darker, he can still sell records back then, you know? So I don't think, Right. I don't necessarily think you can't not have the movie without that being a part of it, you know? Right. So, I mean, you probably have to bring it up in dialogue to some degree. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to come up somewhere in the movie, of like, uh, does the record label want that guy or so, who knows? But whatever. Totally. Um, gosh, that's good. Um, I mean, I I understand where Nick's coming from with the Labamba thing. Like, it is the yeah. next year, but at the same right. time, um,
3: uh, hmm.
2: also for okay. for audience who uh Lou Diamond Phillips doesn't strike uh immediate resemblance in your head uh he's in stand and deliver he's in young guns as we said La Bamba um
1: yeah if so you don't know him from La Bamba I don't know if you're gonna know him so yeah he, La is the big thing and stand and deliver but you know yeah he's under the shadow of uh Edward James almost there all right Nick wow me
0: I'm just going to go with my gut here and throw something at you because I know you like the heel turn. Oh, okay, The heel turn. So and and I'm glad you brought this up earlier because this is a period of time, like you said, where they're trying to make him a thing, but it's just not taking off for some reason. So I'm going to pitch to you. Rob Lowe going heel in this movie.
1: Going heel. He's the bad boy.
0: Like. He's the pretty boy. He's not the bad boy. I mean, he's played a bad boy um before. I mean, yeah. okay, this is more, this isn't bad boy. This is, this is just pretentious, like full of himself musician. Yeah. Not so much like I'm the bad guy, but like I'm just, I'm very conceited and think I'm smarter than everyone else. I feel like
2: thing. this is almost for Rob Lowe, more of a baby face turn than a heel turn.
0: Well, that's well. The thing no, the thing about it is he—he—he's portrayed as the babyface. He's the lead singer. He's the dashing, good-looking guy. But what we find out near the end of the movie is he's a piece of trash. That's all about himself, right? So that's where the Rob Lowe thing comes in. You're like, oh yeah, of course, Rob Lowe's the lead singer. He's—he's—he's he's, he's great. And then as the movie goes on and the p- layers start to peel off, you're like, oh, this guy's garbage. Like, get him out
2: of here. Well, I feel like I guess what I'm saying is, I would seeing Rob Lowe in that movie, I would have expected that with like St. Almost fire and the outsiders. I would expect him to be the bad guy, like to be the,
0: I disagree highly. Why? But because I don't see him as that. I don't see him as like the constant, like consummate, like bad boy or consummate. I see him as like the leading man type. That's usually like put in romantic leads and stuff. I don't necessarily, maybe it's been too long since I've seen the outsiders, but I don't well, see him as like, I don't look at him and go like, that's the, that's Keith or Sutherland. Like, I don't put yeah, them in the same category.
1: I don't think we're supposed to look at Jimmy as a villain or even a bad guy. He's just an asshole. Like who? Yeah. Who wants to be famous? Like, that's it. And loses his girlfriend over it and eventually succeeds. I mean, but we don't know like, if it was good for him, if he regrets or anything like that. But even uh, yeah. Tom Hanks's character, Mr. White, says Jimmy's the talent. So I think that's yeah. really more than anything what you're supposed to see Jimmy as. Is he's the guy that can write the songs and and, and has the vision mm-hmm. for the band. Um, so I just want to go on record here and say this is the strongest casting you've both done on one character. Nice. Like, I am. I'm going to pass
2: out. This is also the pretty boy um, role as well. Like, he is supposed to be the hot one here.
1: Which Probably goes more towards Rob Lowe, but I, Lou Diamond Phillips—that's brilliant. This is the, you guys both brought two perfect casting choices, and this is the role I had my uh, my override uh, oh. set for. And I part of me wants to use it just so I don't have to choose, like. But I think both of y'all's are better than mine. So
2: what was yours? Um,
1: crap. Um, so, okay, like, if we just wanted to to, to have the conversation, it would be Lou Diamond Phillips on the board, Rob Lowe on the board, and Judd Nelson on the board. Fuck off. What? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you just hate it? Yes, because it's Judd Nelson singing I Quit at the end is perfect. It would be fun. It would be good. And him saying, I should have dumped you in Pittsburgh is perfect. And... I mean, he does it. And so... In his... Lexicon
2: he does have or in his filmography I guess like he does have all of those moments. And so like yeah. I could see it. But it's just too easy.
1: Yeah, but that's why I like it and I'm a massive jen Nelson like fan. So it's just right. but at the same time I just man there's something about Lou Diamond Phillips singing the I Quit song that's perfect. But there's something about perfect about Rob Lowe like holding up a notebook and saying the cord vets, you know, oh my gosh, this is mm-hmm. this is brilliant. Like Is it, okay, like, okay, I'm going to, I got to ask the producer a question. Can we come back to this? Like, can we move (laughs) forward and come back to this? Because this is going to take a minute.
2: So, what is, are you you wanting to just, like, let it noodle? Or are you trying to, like, pair with someone? I was about to say, does he pair with anyone? Not even,
1: not even, he doesn't pair with, I mean, maybe Faye. Maybe Faye helps me, they date. Like, maybe, maybe if we get to Faye, I can come back to the Jimmy thing. But this is... This is the strongest round I've ever been a part of. This is ridiculous. So, no. I don't know why I'm really asking the producer <laughs> for permission, but, like, I would like permission to wait on Jimmy until I get a Faye. So, um, I, let's just, let, we, I have to come back to Jimmy. I have to. Like, so, let's just, let's go to, uh, let's, uh, give me some time. And let's, do you guys want to go to Faye right now? Or do y'all want to hit up, yeah. uh, Mr. White? Let's pair him. Okay, let's do Faye. I have wasted
2: thousands and thousands of kisses
4: on you, kisses that I thought were special because of your your lips and your smile and all your color and life.
1: Uh, uh Faye is Jimmy's girlfriend. Um, uh, costume mistress. After um, uh, uh, Tom Hanks takes over, um, and has to give her a role. Um, but uh, in love with the drummer kind of thing. They have a, a will they won't they thing, like a. a, a Jim and Pam scenario of uh you know she's with the douchey lead singer but these there's the sensitive uh, drummer over in the corner um and she ends up with old uh, guy Patterson by the end of the movie when Jimmy uh, should adopt her in Pittsburgh so who who made that I guess who made the one before uh, Jimmy uh,
0: Tanner made the one before all right yeah. Tanner
1: give me your Faye Dolan
2: okay so for Faye um again. Literally, this woman has play afraid to talk louder than a whisper and sad the whole movie. I feel like that is all I really saw in Faye. I love Liv Tyler, but like the whole movie, I'm like, oh, my God, just get a character, get a personality like, please. Um, so I went for someone uh, around the same age um, and someone that I thought could just do that. Um, I went with Demi Moore. Okay. All right. Um, we know her, St. Elmo's Fire, General Hospital. This year she's doing One Crazy Summer and a movie called Wisdom.
1: Okay. All right. Demi Moore on the board.
2: Yeah. I just wanted someone who was, uh, who looked a little younger, who might play,
3: like, a quiet character. quiet, sad character.
1: Not doing nothing of note in 86. Coming off St. Elmo's Fire. All right, all right, all right. And then she was in... Is she in About Last Night this year? Yes. Okay.
0: All right. That's her and Rob Lowe, I think. that's her and
1: Robbie Lowe. We're really really playing with About Last Night right now. It's got a gun to its head. Not really Mm -hmm. sure if we're going to pull the trigger on it. All right. Nick.
0: I'm going to play a little bit to Corey's uh, I'm going to play to Corey a little bit uh, not because that was my initial instinct but because I like this actress in this role mm-hmm. as well I'm going with Lori Laughlin. this year she's doing Rad and Brotherhood of Justice but I think a lot of the same reasons that Tanner brought up that it's a soft spoken role uh, someone that uh, can portray like being fawning over somebody, but then also being able to have that scene at the end where they kind of tell off uh, Jimmy without it coming off as like cheesy because, mm-hmm. because those lines can very easily have been like, Oh my eye rollers. But like, she, she really brings it home there at the end there. So
1: Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So this, this will help. This will help man though. Messing with rad that's sweet Bice, like bmx racing movie um but
0: <laughs> does does taking lori laughlin out of it ruin any of the bmxing <laughs>
1: um absolutely so um i really don't i i i even seen i saw rad when i was a kid when i was supposed to see rad um and yeah seen it, since. it
0: looks it looks rad. um it
1: just looking at it right now, it looks like I definitely need to go back and give it a good rewatch. Um, okay. <laughs> so here, okay. So just, just, just for the, the sake of moving on, here's what's going to happen. I'm I'm I, It's, 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 um, wow. It's, it's definitely going to be Lori Laughlin over to me more. And, uh, given that it is going to be Rob Lowe. Nick gets both.
3: Wow.
0: Holy yeah. shit.
3: Yeah. Wow.
2: Why, why Lori Laughlin like over Demi Moore?
0: Yeah. Give us, give us your, show yeah. us your work.
1: What just happened? So for me, <laughs> um again, it's, it's, it, uh, so uh, Demi Moore, um, she, she never struck me as someone who could kind of play like the very quiet, kind of reserved. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dude, Demi Moore comes on screen. It's like Demi Moore is on screen. It's, you know, and like, let's Mm. be honest here. The weakness of that thing you do is Faye is not a very, like, like well-written female character. She essentially exists just to be the love interest of one band member and end up with the other band member. Um, it, it, she is mm-hmm. a very weakly written character by by far like the worst part of the movie. Um, and not because the yeah. Tyler does bad; it's just it's not r- written well for her. Um, totally. And I, so, to me, more to me, it's just like she's it, She too man, she, she needs she so needs well. way, like just too strong of an actor. She needs way more meat to chew on yeah. than Faye, and I think she'd be uncomfortable kind of just playing uh this kind of meek. Um, uh, yeah. female, you know, just being torn between two guys, type of a thing. Whereas Lori Laughlin, it, it strikes more, which is, I'm not trying to say that's bad for Lori Laughlin, but Lori Laughlin, she's just Aunt Becky. Like, I mean, she doesn't like come on screen and just command presence, you know, um, yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, she will be the weaker. I do think she will probably pull that 60s off or that 60s look off a little bit more as well. Um, mm. Lori Laughlin. And then just, I see Lori Laughlin and Roblo really giving me that toxic relationship a little bit better than Lou Diamond Phillips and and Lori Laughlin. And I really do think, as much as I maybe even a little bit probably prefer the Lou Diamond Phillips thing, just a slight bit Mm -hmm. more, I think it's, I I do think I have to go with the whole La Bomba's coming and it would be kind of, it'd just be weird. It would look odd it might hurt Labamba. Like people might not buy like like Richie Valens as much as they need to when they're like, oh, that's that asshole from that thing you do. Like, you know, mm. so. God, okay. that was a good round. Oh my gosh, that was, oh, guys, bravo, bravo. I think
0: Corey just climaxed. Yeah, on, I, gross.
1: I, I come, I, when I'm director, I come into this ready to play my override, but I come into this <laughs> ready to play my override. And you guys you guys trumped me on it. So I'm I'm proud of you both. That was incredible Well the Night's Young. That was incredible so. Yeah, I was like, okay now let's see how you guys screw up these uh these these other two right quick. Um mm-hmm. we are down to um we have to go to Mr. White next, Tom Hanks. No guy,
2: Horace was right about you. You are the smart one. Lenny is the fool, Jimmy is the
1: talent. Um who, if you've watched the director's cut of this movie, um, is revealed to be gay. Um, it got, uh, it was put on oh, the cutting really? room floor, but there is a scene. Yeah, because um, he's based, I guess, off the Beatles' first manager, who is uh, openly gay. Um, there is okay. a scene in which he's drunkenly like coming out of their hotel in Los Angeles, runs into Guy Patterson, and uh, gets in a car with uh, Howie Long, who was a former uh, Los Angeles Raider. Um, and now a nice sports commentator Mm -hmm. for the NFL. And, uh, they are clearly going out on a date and being very flirtatious. And it is heavily implied that they are in a romantic relationship.
0: Interesting. Which is
1: weird because Tom Hanks is like a huge LA's Raiders fan. And it's like, he cast Howie long. And I think that's kind of telling Tom (laughs) Hanks, like if I was gay and had a man crush, it would be Howie long. And I think Howie long should take that as (laughs) an extreme compliment. So, um, I would. So, um, yep, Mr. White, he is the uh manager um brought in to manage uh the Wonders when they signed to the Playtone record label. Um he is the one that drops the O N E and just makes them simply The Wonders. Um and uh brilliantly played by Tom Hanks, who also wrote and directed the movie. So, um he kind of I guess his role is just kind of becomes babysitter of just four guys dealing with fame and and, and yeah. all that. So, Yeah. Um and, and try and you
0: get the sense that he's done this before. Yeah, like he's dealt with these type of groups before. Yeah, he like plays it well, and he, he's it, very well versed in it. And he
1: gives the great line at the end: "Uh, the one-hit wonder. It's a tale as old as time." Like he's done this a hundred yeah, yeah. times. Like if there's been a hundred bands like mm-hmm. you. There's not going to be any lawsuits. It's we got a hit out of you. We're happy. You know, and so yeah, we made we uh, made some money. It's fine. Yep. All right. So. Nick, you made that. You made both of those. Wow. Okay, so
0: give me your Mr. White. Mr. White. This is also a tough one. I was trying to find the sweet spot, but it's kind of hard to find someone to replace Tom Hanks in a role written by Tom Hanks, directed by Tom (laughs) Hanks. Um, uh, Some people that came to mind, but there was one in particular that I really wanted to, but there's a movie that was in the top 10 this year that I was like, I'm probably not going to get away with that. And I felt like he was almost perfect for it, which Richard, Richard Dreyfus. but down and out in Beverly Hills is a top 10 movie this year. Probably not going to play well with yeah, you guys. Okay. Interesting. I don't even know what that So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the guy. He has a cameo in little shop of horse. I'm going with Bill Murray.
1: Whoa. Oh, that's really good. That's really good.
0: I want, I want a little bit of Frank Cross. I want a little bit of Ghostbusters, but more more even kill Bill Murray. Latter, latter, pulling out some of that latter mm-hmm. year Bill Murray, like a little it, more leading man, a little less of this of the jokester, you know. Is that all he's doing in eighty six? He is that's that's all it has listed is his cameo. I guess he's <sighs> about to head to Paris for like three years. So. That's
1: so good. I mean, the mm. little shop of horror scene is Oh, it's so good! I love it. We don't have to pull him out yeah, of it. That scene
0: is perfect. Oh, so You're talking about Steve Martin and Bill Murray in a scene together. I know. I,
1: I as soon as so I said good. 1986, so that thing you do, I kind of rolled my eyes, saying like Steve Martin would be the perfect Mr. White, but you can't use it. I thought about him, but you know, but he, Three Amigos exists. Yeah. Yeah, three Amigos and Little Shop of Horrors exists, and so, and exists, I, yeah. I honestly mm-hmm. think the dentist role uh, in Little Shop of Horrors is one of my top three Steve Martin performances. I love it um it's okay. pretty good all right tanner bill murray has been wow just slammed on the table with a vengeance
2: well then here's where i'm gonna go um okay wasn't i wasn't expecting bill murray
1: um okay
2: so you want the guy who's like <laughs>
1: uh <laughs> tanner's like hanging on the
2: ropes right now <laughs> well it's just like it it knocked me off because i was expecting i was expecting mick to uh, expecting Nick to throw out Michael Keaton.
1: Oh. Whoa. Hmm.
3: It's
2: kinda um, come ho
1: this year, but...
2: Right. Uh-huh. I was expecting it, so it threw me way off. Uh, I brought Jeff Bridges. So, hmm. like, huh. he's... At the time, he's still doing, he doing... Like, he hasn't made the Big Lebowski. He hasn't done any of these things that make him seem like the dude.
0: The dude. And he's yeah. still
2: doing, like, leading man, like, um industrial like businessman stuff at this Mm -hmm. point and i think he has that lovability that like i think he has that air about him similar to tom hanks where like if jeff bridges is on screen you're like god i love jeff bridges god he's great he can do he can do anything um this year he's doing the morning after and then a promo for hands across america so he's not really doing anything this year
3: Okay, all right. Huh.
2: But I think he, wow. I just think he brings in both. At this time, he can be that strict businessman still without like leaning too dickish because he has the Jeff Bridges like lovability that he can be nice guy until he is, in, until he needs to be stern.
3: Yeah. Which is solid.
1: Okay huh i like both of these i don't hate them and then there is this weird michael keaton thing just sitting there that i haven't used my override and i'm like that's that's also my jam
2: this is true michael keaton is a very solid choice there i didn't know how gung-ho played for everyone though
1: i've i've seen gung-ho i like gung-ho but it's not like anything i have to keep it's yeah you could put a lot of people in that role and it's still a movie that's watchable um wow Hmm. oh my gosh oh um okay so i don't know if anyone's ever done this before but like so i like jeff bridges and i like bill murray a lot but you guys brought up this third choice I like most, and I have an overrun. I'm, I'm casting <laughs> Tanner, Michael. Tanner, you screwed Keaton. us. Yeah, I'm casting Michael. Tanner, Ke- you screwed that's us. Fine. I'm casting I'm guessing Michael Keaton here, like because that in was, my heart oh, I'm still oh, taking I, it
2: because I I brought him up.
1: <laughs> but you assumed Nick was going to bring him up, so spiritually Nick kind of gets yeah. it too. Like absolutely not. I.
0: But I didn't even think of it. But I'll no, take it. No, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> you played yourself, Tanner
1: wow no i really like that the bill murray thing's perfect but i think it's almost too perfect like right we're just gonna get it the, is perfect almost just, like we're what we're just gonna get the exact <laughs> almost like you
0: should just go with it
1: same beat for beat thing whereas michael keaton i feel like i'm gonna get maybe a little bit of a harder ass here and like it's gonna it's gonna 80s up the movie yeah michael keaton. nice michael keaton all right all right wow I don't know if that's ever happened where you guys accidentally screwed yourself. So, okay. All right. What are you talking about? I didn't screw myself. Tanner screwed him. Nick has done that for over a year. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm glad neither of you brought up John Stamos in any of this because he made a great movie this year. I, I, I assumed he would come up because he's a musician. But all right but he made a movie this year called never too young to die with gene simmons who plays a transverse mm-hmm. it's just un- it's untouchable um just for it's just awfulness okay so we're down to guy patterson
0: before you go let me ask you one question sure.
1: when
0: was the last time you were decently kissed
1: played by tom everett scott who was pretty much just cast because he looks like a young tom hanks um and tom hanks was That's kind of what i was well tom hanks kind of said like i don't want it because he kind of looks like a, a young me but then when um uh, rita wilson uh, who's in the movie uh playing marguerite the waitress at the blue spot uh hmm. called uh tom everett scott cute and um tom hanks said yeah i guess you're right so um plays the drummer <laughs> a little bit older um, he's the one that speeds up the tempo to the ballad that thing you do and turns it into a number one hit and kind of enjoys the ride but ends up choosing love in the end and gets with Fay and they have like a bunch of kids and open up a music school or something at the end so yeah um all right cool uh neither of you made it um so who made so it for i
0: feel like Tanner should have to take it cuz he screwed well, no, us. Well, Nick should
1: take it cuz he he got the last two. <laughs> all right. All right, Nick, give me your guy Patterson. And my override's gone, um, so this is a little nerve-wracking. So
0: Yeah. I th- yeah. Th- the problem is is Tanner made me pull out Rob Lowe down there at Jimmy cuz I was oh. thinking about him for guy. Um so Tanner forced my hand down there. So now I'm a little bit in the dark. Mm. Um but I'll I'll just and the thing is with all these roles is there was a lot of interchangeability with some of them for me at least personally with all the band members and stuff. But the only name I haven't brought up yet, and I'll just go with it here, and I think he's a capable actor of playing many of these roles, but he I think this one he can do just as he, as well as the others. And he's also a musician himself. I'm gonna go with Robert Denny Jr. Yes, hmm. he is twenty one, but he is that type of actor that can play with age pretty well. And he's, I think he's talented enough. And, and, you know, we think Iron Man, Robert Danny Jr. But I think we forget about a lot of his character work and a lot of his roles, such as Chaplin, where he, he can, has the ability to become somebody else or become a different personality. So I think that he can play this. This can be a chance for him to play more of the leading man mm-hmm. type. But the thing about yeah. Guy is like he's he's leading man. He's very likable. And and there are some eccentric eccentricities to him, like the whole Spartacus thing. And and when he freaks out about uh the jazz musician that he runs into, that's like his idol. Yeah. So he, yeah. It's, a, it's a fun role to play. It's not your typical kind of leading leading guy. Yeah, because I but at the same time, I it, see
2: it as like yeah. the nerd. Right. Like the nerd who's just he's, he's
1: a little yeah. nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, when But he's uh, but he's cute. Like Yeah, cuz when he's asked who plays cornet with uh, Jacques St. Clair on uh, vi- you know on Vital Stars,
0: mm-hmm. he
1: knows it's Scotty McDonald. He is the yeah. nerd. He is yeah. he they played mm-hmm. Dell Paxton in the high school band. At the
0: same time Right. And the same time Mr. White le- like kind of points him out and is like you're shades here. You're going to be the cool guy. You're you're the one everybody's interested right. in. Right. So It's interesting cuz
2: yeah, I think I feel like you went with cool guy. Because when I think Robert Downey Jr., I don't immediately think of like guy who's going to nerd out over,
0: you know, blues and jazz. I, you know what I mean? I I like I mean, it. I, I, I think I think that's I think that's leaning a bit into his latter work a bit in terms of the cool guy because he does play like the bully in the '80s and he plays the nerd in the '80s. He 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 has a lot of different roles. It's like he's still trying to figure out what type of role he's really trying to do and then he goes to prison for a while and comes back but well like i I just think he has enough range to kind of pull this off
1: this is this is the weird this is the year that he's on saturday night live which is a perfect example of where he was as an actor in the 80s no one knew what to do with robert downey jr really by yeah I feel like it's not until the next year when he hits less than zero, zero. people kind of look at him and go, holy crap, he might actually act. But even then, yeah. he gets, again, it's still not until like, honestly, like the 90s, like when you get to Soap Dish and Chaplin, that people start taking him serious again. You know, I mean, like, less than mm-hmm. zero showed that, oh my gosh, he's, he, he he's, I think he's kind of above maybe this Brat Pack we're all staring at. But, he yeah. does write out the rest of the 80s like all over the place like is he leaning man is he goofy friend is he like william zap he's going to be a, a bully or is he going to be a nerd mm-hmm. like his his 80s like filmography is just all over the place you know it is yeah yeah, yeah. so i think he can play i think he can play uh the cool guy and the nerd it's just yeah i think he's
0: very mold that's kind of what that's kind of what guy is yeah. yeah yeah he's in a my nerd. opinion is that i is he's the, he's yeah yeah
1: and but, but i mean he's also that guy who's in he's the Tom band Hanks. that he doesn't really like you know because i did this when i was in a band mm-hmm. too i was in a hardcore screamo band and i hate that music mm-hmm. but like it was by far the most successful band i was ever in but when I was talking to people like backstage at shows or in a van or something, I was talking about blink 182 or talking about all time low or, you know, bands I actually yeah. listen to, you know, and it's like, Oh, do you listen to under oath and the chariots? Like, not really. <laughs> like, and <Yeah>. so, um, <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. Like it's, it's just like, he's really into jazz, ended up in this pop rock band. And, uh, and so he has to kind of figure out that that's not for him, but yeah, Nick's right. The manager looks at him and goes, "You're the one girls are going to like, like want to be with and the guys are going to want to be and we're going to give you yeah. a gimmick, you know, type of thing." So, Okay, Tanner, where did you go? I I like Robert Downey Jr. I think that's a solid choice. Yeah, I don't
2: hate it. It just it struck me as I think you're saying Nick, like later career, I think is where it struck me, than like 80s career. Um so I went I feel like a little bit more um, nerdy and a little bit more geeky. Um, he plays a lot of airheads at the time, um, or he is currently playing an airhead at the time. But I think, as we know now, he doesn't have to play that, and he has good chops. But I just like the the thoughts that I was having were the scenes like where he's freaking out, where he has this like melodramatic moment in the booth alone. Realizing that the band is done, and then he has that surprise moment where Dell walks in and like
1: starts to play with him. Um, I brought Woody Harrelson. How old is Woody Harrelson? He's twenty-five and eighty-six. Okay, so he's about the right age.
0: Yeah. So he's. I just to- have never. It's Woody Harrelson. Not 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 knocking your choice. It just in my personal brain, it's like Woody Harrelson. has always been like thirty. Yeah, I I actually am curious to see what he looks like. Look up Wildcats. He's
2: doing uh, he's doing a movie called Wildcats this year where he's playing a high school football player. Um, and he looks young. He looks like a high schooler, like or just over high school because he's supposed to be the older Mm -hmm. one, right? So he can play early college. Um, he's also this is like I think this is right beginning of Cheers.
0: Right where he's he plays a character named Krushinsky, like it's spelled Krushinsky. Krushinsky.
1: It was the, it was eighty six, man. Yes, yeah. <laughs> some 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 screenwriter was super proud of that, by the way. Thanks. But like I I
2: I feel like Perfect. the moments that I'm thinking of Woody Harrelson for this are those moments where like where you see and like I mean if you're even talking like white men can't jump, you're talking zombie land, you're talking Cheers, like all of these moments where he has those like geeky freak outs like oh my god i cannot believe oh my god bill murray oh my god it's you oh my god oh my god and he starts like freaking out like those are the moments that i'm seeing and then he still has his dramatic side to him where he could play you know these moments of um you know looking at the path or looking at the pieces that are falling
1: oh my gosh okay these are this is this is the best show I've ever done on any of this any of these, which isn't saying much. I'll use you'll both do pretty bad normally on this podcast, <laughs> but y'all y'all really y'all really brought your wow. name game to this one because I, I I see both points because I do really see Woody Harrelson hitting some of those like jazz enthusiast moment like like moments like yeah. in the radio station. He's like naming all these artists. He's the only one that even wants to be in that interview, you know. Like the rest are like Diane Dane or Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. He's like naming off a huge list and having the fun with yeah. it. Like this is his thing. He's talking shop on jazz. And yeah. then, you know, when he goes to the uh, the blue spot and he's like watching, you know, this drummer, like just shred. He's just and he's just enjoying it. Like That's all Woody Harrelson. But then like, yeah. It's, but then that's where it ends for me with Woody Harrelson. Where I don't see him on the drum kit. I don't see him being shades. I don't see him being all that. I don't see that side of it. Of you know, um, whereas where I that's where I would throw Robert Downey Jr.'s perfection is that playing the the sunglasses wearing cool guy and and all that thing. My thing is if I if I had picked Kevin Bacon instead of Mike Myers at Lenny, I would play Woody Harrelson and swap them. And I would have Kevin Bacon yeah. play Guy, and I'd have I'd have Woody Harrelson play Lenny, because um, yeah. I think that's where Woody Harrelson. I, I will thinking.
0: also point out <laughs> that uh, Robert Downey Jr. released a jazz album.
1: This is the first I'm ever hearing of that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he did, I believe it won. He won a Grammy for it. You lie, Let producer Jesse.
1: Like, look this up. I'm already on
2: it. I think the moments like, yeah, because I see what you're saying, I guess when I was watching it i never I never really saw a guy as in any remote aspect supposed to be the cool guy. I get that, like that's the play with the glasses, <coughs> but I always like yeah. every time it happened with the glasses, I was like, he's not a cool guy, like he's not like he's a he is a geeky guy that they are trying to make a cool guy, and I never saw it, so I think that's why I went with Woody Harrelson um also i I thought of the moment you know where you know towards the end where uh, Lenny looks back and says how do we get here and he says because I am Spartacus and I brought you
1: here <sighs>
3: See,
1: that's that's all because Tom Everett Scott like bless his heart isn't great at acting yeah. like he, he had a weird run that I actually enjoyed I, I really enjoyed that thing you do American Werewolf in Paris and Dead Man on Campus like loved that. Run. I was going
0: to say I enjoyed him. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, but the, my thing is it ended there, and he kind of played just that guy. In 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 uh in yeah, he, he he was a limited actor. Is what I mean. He he could play this guy yeah. really well. Like just um, he, he, his range was very limited. The
0: Tom so. Hanks ripoff.
1: Yeah, kind of you know, but um, just didn't have the same career um and and it's kind of because he is a little geeky and a little nerdy you know and so again that's mm-hmm. where this woody harrelson stuff's coming back to me like the on the phone with tina saying well they played it three times today," day and just kind of laughing and, and and cracking up and uh mm-hmm. man i think the other thing i can't get past and i just think maybe this is a, a stupid reason but he's blonde that bugs me so huh
0: so before Jesse retracts it, I will just say,
4: he I was just about to say it. Um, this is, <laughs> this is the critical reception of the album that you just uh, said, got a Grammy. Uh, Matt Collar rated the album a 3.5 out of five and called Downey's lyrics obtuse. However, he <laughs> praised his interpretations of other musicians work uh, and called the album un- unpredictably moving uh, as the best of Downey's film work. Uh, Alyssa Gardner of USA Today wrote that the vibe of Downey's album, quote, can seem pretentious or simply dull after a while, but there is a moody m- musicality to tracks such as Man Like Me and Details.
0: So he did okay. Not great. <laughs> but he did a jazz album.
4: Okay. And that Man, jazz album is now, named The Futurist. So
1: I wish I had my override because... I I feel like y'all both casted one half of the role really well. The best, obviously, um,
2: the best, the best person here is Tom Hanks. Like Tom
1: Hanks would play this role.
0: I was going to say Tom Hanks, but I know that Corey hates right. recasting. This is literally people. the only reason I, I would pick role.
1: him. I would have done it. I would have gone with it. Honestly, I thought today, trash. I honestly today thought if someone cast Tom Hanks, I'm going. With oh it. my God. It That's so I just, I, there,
0: I literally sat there all day going like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to cast Tom Hanks. I was like, no, Corey hates that. You're going to, you're just going to get laughed at and made fun of. And then he's going to pick Tanner's yeah. choice. No, this would have been, I this would have the been, unspoken rule.
1: This would have been one of the only, like, this would have been one of the few times where I would, I, I would have been okay with the rule. Um, with with that what I would have been comfortable with that and I just think again it's also because Tom Everett Scott brings in this really weird way of playing the drums where he's like really bobbing his head a lot and stuff like that and that's just Tom Hanks um and Mm -hmm. so it would have been really good uh and I don't really care about the money pit um, which was a yeah. real thing of note.
0: I um, thought you liked these movies, <laughs> The Money Pit. Nah, I remember I, I, right?
1: I, 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 I'm not a big Money Pit guy. Um, so okay, I'm. I'm just. I, I have to pull the trigger. I'm just gonna go with the 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 more left field and, and just say Woody Harrelson. Nice. nice. I think. I think he. I'm. Just, I'm just gonna do it. Oh my gosh! I, I hate it now that I said it. Hold on. That's not in stone. That's up. not. That's
0: not in stone. Hold on. You had to bring up Michael Keaton, Tanner. I, I know. Yeah, you really screwed. You had to bring up Michael. You Keaton. you screwed the whole podcast.
1: Like if I had my override <laughs> right now, it would we would we wouldn't be in this situation. But okay, here is the Can thing: as soon as I said say, Woody Harrelson,
2: sabotage.
1: Um. Okay, but just just okay. Just to end it, as soon as I said Woody Harrelson, I hated it. I am going Robert Downey Jr.
2: Absolute garbage. I could. This cast I couldn't is live with absolute Woody
1: garbage. <laughs> you say that why? about every movie. <laughs> yeah, every movie you cast. <laughs> well, I would watch this. This would be great. I would love it. So, um, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Final cast. All right. So, Tanner, do you really hate this movie? I like now like this version of it. He hates it now. What, like <laughs> this version of it? Read me yeah. the cast list and then I'll tell you why I hate this movie. Um, all right, Tina. Uh, guys, guys' original girlfriend will be played by Terry Hatcher. Chad, the broken arm drummer who gets kicked out of the band right before they get famous, will be played by Jim Carrey. Faye Dolan nice. will be played by not quite yet Aunt Becky and not quite in prison uh, Lori Loughlin. Uh, <laughs> the bass player will be played by the the in real life bass player Keanu Reeves. Lenny will be played by nice. uh, Mike Myers, who is just a few years away from making his big screen mm-hmm. debut as Wayne Campbell. Jimmy, the uh, douchey lead singer will be played by Rob Lowe. That just really works. Um, so uh, Guy Patterson will be played by Robert Downey Jr. And rounding it out, Mr. White will be be, be played by Batman himself, Michael Keaton. So, Guys, you nailed it. Tanner, this.
0: why do you hate this?
1: You guys <laughs> nailed this. I'm proud of you both. Like, I know Tanner's just super is mad this right now. Is this better
0: than the screencast?
1: It's it's on par with the screencast. It is on par.
0: Take that, cast. Like, I okay.
1: want this movie <laughs> to exist. Only a few times ever do I actually want what we've done to exist that I wish this existed.
0: So. I wish they existed all the time. <laughs> I wish this movie
2: never existed
1: well you know what you're a sore loser that's all it is if you don't win yeah. the very last one you just you just start scorch earthing everything so no it's that it's that um
2: who was it it was that uh jimmy pick the jimmy pick that i was thing- like this is this is just another 80s film that cory has made this Is just
1: if i had put lou diamond phillips in it's still just an 80s movie
0: not nearly as much. Yeah. No, it's La Bamba. <laughs> He
1: is. He is in Young Guns, therefore Lou Diamond Phillips is part of the Brat Pack peripherally. So, he's there. So, man, we didn't... We didn't.
0: Reoccurring cast member.
1: Man, how do... Hold on. How do we crowbar Kiefer Sutherland in this movie right quick and make it... And that's perfect? where you
0: lose me. <laughs>
3: Oh my gosh. he's the
0: he's the fan at the <laughs> at buying all uh, the Oh you make him you
2: make uh, him the the lounge singer.
0: Done. So You make him read a you make him read a Wilson Tom Hanks wife. <laughs>
1: I don't I don't think we do that at all. No. <laughs> so uh, he's oh, the okay. astronaut. Right. He's Never Gil mind. Grissom, the a- the astronaut on the on oh, the TV show. Okay. There all you right. go. Okay. All right, we'll mm, take it. it. Yeah. Or he's the dentist. <laughs>
2: dentist works
0: he he is 100% a
1: dentist he he is a dentist that would absolutely sleep with the drummer's girlfriend okay done that's where Kiefer Sutherland's crowbarred into this okay so that's that thing you do 1986 all right so um Tanner is it your turn next time no it's Nick's turn no all right so we'll have another good we'll have a good episode next time awesome great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry no so i stopped paying that's... attention like 10 minutes ago what oh my gosh <laughs> tanner come on it's a solid no. cast admit it it's pretty good admit it it's, okay. it's pretty good all right it's fair enough all right so nick you're up next week i am so what movie are we doing and what do you want to know what i picked yeah i do i want i would i would love <laughs> to know what movie you chose in what you were taking it to.
0: <laughs> I had a lot of thought on this one. And it's a classic. And I mean that in the terms of it is a classic. We are taking. And Corey has spoken of this movie before and claimed at one point that he thinks it might be one of his favorite movies of all time or it might be the best movie of all time. Oh. We are going all the way back to 1971. Okay. And what? we are taking. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Okay. To 1994. Okay. Interesting. Wow, this is
1: super interesting. 94 is a weird year.
2: Yeah, I'll be interested to hear
1: your thoughts on that. That is such a... It's a huge year. That's like Pulp Fiction, Forrest Gump, 7, right? It's like all that. Wow, okay. Mm. Dang! So we're bringing a little joy to the dark 94. I like it. Okay. A little yes, bit. A little bit. Yes. There have been moments in my time where I think that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is the greatest movie ever made. It, it goes in and out of that one spot. Wow. Just depending on my mood. So you know why? You know why, Tanner? Because we used to watch it at Christmas together. Us? Yeah. No, we didn't. It was on at Mamma and Papaw's all the time during the Christmas season. I don't know why we've talked about this. That like weirdly enough, weirdly Wonka it was this thing that was on on Christmas in our mm. late like, Christmas parties. I remember. I mean that it.
2: tracks, but I've always hated Christmas, so I yeah, blocked you it. Too.
1: Great, thank you. Yep, that that's our family, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen.
0: Can't win. Tanner's
1: <laughs> just yep. I'm trying to say something nice to Tanner. I want everybody to notice it. I want everybody to see it, and he's just utter like rejection of it. Just,
0: so just blocked it. Just shoved it away. Well, Not no. in my house.
1: On that note, we would just uh, (laughs) like to thank you for tuning in. Uh, We hope you enjoyed, um, A, that thing you do in general, the 96 Tom Hanks version, and we hope you enjoy our 1986 recasting of it. Um, And uh, please, again, follow us on social media, interact with us, uh, become part of the podcast. Tell us what you think, who you would have casted, uh, what movies you would like us to do or consider. Um, And uh, and, and hit us up over there. We're on all the major social media platforms. Uh, check us out thank you for listening and say goodbye Nick
0: goodbye Nick